137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and happy Saturday. Because, guys and gals, we are here with another special episode that we've just decided to drop right in your laps. Because today is the day that we finally get to perhaps the most famous and beloved cryptid encounter of all time, Bigfoot. Chi Chi. <laughs> what did you say? A Chi Chi. Yeah. Oh, is that another word for it or some shit? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the noob here. <laughs> Back seat, looking out the window. Sit down, boy, we're going to learn you something. Window looking. <laughs> <laughs> when you were young, did you ever breathe on your window and then write help backwards um, as you drove past I, cars? No, I was drawing penises, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Steve was drawing big old Bigfoot dicks. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, you guys are probably wondering to yourselves, why in the hell have we been skipping over old Sasquatch with all these cryptid encounters? And why especially are we dropping this episode on Saturday, October 20th? Well, the answer is very simple. Today is a very special day, folks. It's an anniversary that we want to celebrate with you guys um, because today marks the 51st anniversary of possibly one of the most important, if not the most important, pieces of paranormal film ever to be shared with the public. That's right, folks. 51 years ago today was the famous Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film. So yeah, that's that's right, guys. Today is the October 20th, 2018. I just said the October 20th. Today is October 20th, 2018. And 51 years ago, really the paranormal world as we know it changed. And people finally actually gave Bigfoot some credence. And so today is Cryptid Encounters number five, episode 70. And we just got a lot, a lot of shit to pack in here for you guys. That is not a prison reference either. Shit packing. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, do you guys, on a scale of like one to 10, where does Bigfoot rank for you guys as far as like your favorite paranormal subject? One and a half. <laughs> Fuck me. And 10 is like the, your favorite, right? You heard that part? No, no. Like I thought like, you know, what? what's your number one? You know, not, not not like a one to ten scale, but like what's your number one? Like your oh, top okay. top one? Bigfoot is No, I said ten being your favorite. Oh yeah, well, he's like, quit fucking this he's, up. He he's on a he's like a fifteen. He's not even on a he's like he he breaks the fucking scale. <laughs> this is what happens when I go off script. Yeah. <laughs> Poor little fella. No, I think I think it's cool. Like for me, um I'd say at a ten shit, now I forgot. Is ten's the best? <laughs> Tins the best. Why wouldn't it be one, Sean? Number one, my number one favorite yeah. is this. You're fucking with us. So maybe I'm the idiot here. <laughs> okay, so if ten's the best, I probably, I probably yeah. would put like I don't know everything about everything, but I'm just gonna do top. I'm just yeah. gonna do three. Okay, for me, 
Bigfoot okay. would be. I won't dare ask you guys what your other nine favorites are because <laughs> Bigfoot forbid. probably aliens. Hell yes. Like, yeah, aliens are my, <laughs> my number one. And then probably like okay. hauntings and stuff like that would be. Um, there you go. You know, my second. I favorite. can tell you what's not on my list and that's Loch Ness. <laughs> I know. Me neither. I really give two shits about Loch Ness Monster. Nothing against Scotland. Say that until you fucking take a dip and he's eating your ass. Or she's eating your ass. Oh, oh, wait, what? More prison references. <laughs> oh, damn. I made it mean it that way. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want a Caesar salad or a tossed salad? <laughs> or a messy salad. Um, <laughs> messy, messy. That should be a sex act. <laughs> messy, messy. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fucking hell. Definitely getting the rated uh, the rated E for explicit on this episode. Yeah, e for everyone. Yeah, it's, like it's it. definitely in my top three. Um, and I fully fucking believe in Bigfoot, man, on a scale of one to ten. Ten being the most you could believe in a Bigfoot press and pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's a solid ten for me, I believe. Why can't oh, you go above okay, that? So, I- okay, so you're going for things you believe in. Instead of like your favorite. No, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I try to add a little, a little bit and this one. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I, f- I, I feel you on that then. I think that out of everything that could be out there, definitely Bigfoot would be, yeah. would be in the, in the top list. But I don't know though, because ghosts would be too. And I mean, yeah, aliens, sure, sure, sure. yeah. I'm just but, saying like on a scale of one to 10, 10 is you are all in hands down tin foil hat. I believe it's a solid 10 for me. It would, yeah. still, it would still be aliens for me. Over Bigfoot. I'm not saying no. Oh no, for 100, percent I believe. believe <laughs> like I believe. Like okay. this is really real. Like definitely aliens. Man. Uh-huh. Because you think of our Earth, our galaxy, and then all the other galaxies. Uh-huh. You're telling me there's not one right. other alien life form? Bullshit. You think there's some dude mm-hmm. in the fucking forest that's hairy? Like, <laughs> okay, I get it. Right. It's cool. Right. Calm down, Mulder Fox. This <laughs> yeah. is about Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Uh, I like how Preston just read Fox Mulder's name tag properly, last name, comma, yeah. first name. <laughs> Calm down, Mulder Fox. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, like Fox Mulder, I am drinking my uh, my chocolate stout, my chocolate cake stout out of a Bigfoot glass right now that says, I believe. So yeah, hell yeah, man. I think I think that the, that's awesome. And if you want to talk about aliens, Bigfoot actually, some people believe that he is an intergalactic uh, prison escapee, and he's on the run, and that's why he's in the U.S. Uh, well, I guess in on the Earth is he's escaping uh, intergalactic bounty hunters. But uh, that is a topic for another time because we didn't even fucking delve into yeah. that at all. I like my Bigfoot's so, uh, terrestrial, not extraterrestrial. <laughs> so. What about interdimensional? No, I like them all earthbound, baby. There you go. Okay, cool. Well, so let's let's jump into the backstory real quick here, guys. First with the Patterson-Gimlin footage. Um, early on the afternoon of Friday, October 20th of 1967, Patterson and Gimlin were riding generally northeast upstream on horseback uh, in an east area of the Bluff Creek location. I believe that's California, right, guys? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I for some reason I don't have that in my notes and I've forgotten. But these guys are just kind of out and they're just exploring and they're just being, you know, bros on horseback. And all of a sudden, sometime around one o'clock in the afternoon, one thirty p.m., they come up to this huge tree that's been uprooted and turned over. And they said the tree was so large that the root system that had been pulled out of the ground 
was about the same size as uh, a high ceiling room. So we're talking probably at least eight foot by eight foot. You know, it's a large, deeply rooted tree um, had been turned over. And it was basically like part of a log jam from a really bad flood that happened several years earlier in 1964. And they're there just kind of, you know, admiring just the crazy root system and just how, you know, Mother Nature could turn this tree over and uproot such an anchoring system. And that's when suddenly they looked over around the right around the same time and they see this really weird like figure crouching down um, at the creek bed. And they assume that it's like it's drinking water or it's just kind of crouched down. But anyway, they both freak the fuck out and they get this thing's attention and it's kind of shocked. They're kind of shocked and it stands up and they estimate that this creature was about six and a half foot tall. They argue six foot, seven foot tall. Um, They were about 30 feet away and it was something they had never seen before. It was very tall, very broad-shouldered, and covered in kind of this brownish-gray matted fur. And like every good cowboy does, Patterson says, I'm going to go figure out what the fuck this is, jumps on the back of his horse, and takes off um, after this thing. And then Gimlin, of course, stands up, and he's like, well, fuck, maybe we should have discussed this first. I don't know. But... Patterson yells over his shoulder, cover me, which means, you know, get your gun out. And if this thing tries to kill me, you know, go ahead and take <laughs> it out. Uh, <laughs> Giblin jumps on his horse and they take off together and they're riding, you know, back and forth chasing this thing. And he says they come to about 60 feet away, 60, 90 feet away. And they're tailing this creature, which later they nicknamed Patty after Patterson. Um, rifle in hand, one of them jumps off the back of their horse and he gets this thing in his sights, but just watches it. He never shoots at it. He just keeps his eye on it. And in case it turns on them, then, of course, he can take it out. And the only thing that ever was shot was the famous footage. And the creature starts to walk away from them about 120 feet away or so. And then Patterson runs after it. And then in the result, he pulls out his camera and records this. 59 almost one minute long video at about 16 frames per second real shaky guys it's our first shaky cam video what? and you see the famous you know figure kind of walking away from them striding you know arms back and forth real long strides real long footsteps and it kind of looks over its shoulder a couple times they claim that before they started recording the creature looked over its shoulder a couple times at them but of course, we only get the one glimpse of uh, of it looking over its shoulder in the video. And because of modern technology, don't forget that we actually get to see a pair of big titties flopping in the wind. <laughs> see, and, that, was, uh, that was crazy because that's the first time I read that was tonight. I did not know that oh, it was really? a female and that it had breasts. Yeah. And then when I was like, oh, shit, it, like, I watched it and I was like, oh, damn, it, it does. That's crazy. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's a, a recent development in the in the actual footage because we're able to you know put things in the computer, sharpen them up, stabilize them, enhance the graphics to a point. It's really a strong rumor now that Patty the Bigfoot may actually be Patty the female Bigfoot, and it looks like there are two very prominent large breasts on this thing that even kind of sway and 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 jiggle a little bit as it's walking. And when we were in California uh, back in August, we went to the Bigfoot um, Museum up there in Santa Cruz, and we talked to the guy that ran it. 
And he mentions that people have gone as far as studying this footage in the still frames, and they believe it even has a braid down the side of its head um, draped over one of its shoulders. Mm. And it's creepy, but it also kind of plays on that idea of Bigfoot being a very, very hyper-intelligent creature, more or less a wild or man mutant. than an actual, you know, <laughs> ape. <laughs> right. I'm trying to find the, yeah. the what camera because you think 19 what 67 like yeah, what kind of uh-huh. you know personal camera was that like on like you know what I mean? I'm trying to find a picture of it, but I can't find a picture it probably would have been one of those eight millimeter video cams that you know didn't mm-hmm. have any sound to it it was just probably yeah. where like I mean, you had to crank you it up yourself it might what? even bring that up is it that old no I think it'd be an auto feed yeah, an auto feed film hmm. The same shit they were making homemade porn with back then. (laughs) Hiding in the walls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so there's a creature's walking away. It does the famous kind of somewhat three-quarter over-the-shoulder look at the camera for a second as it's walking. And at that point, Patterson falls to his knees, and he's just in shock, utter awe of this thing. And people asked him later, like, what did this thing do? How did it behave when it saw you guys? And he's like, well, it wasn't so much like running from us, like, oh, shit, I've been found out. It was more or less like we disturbed it, and it was more irritated or disgusted with us being there. Like a cat. Almost like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, you again. Um, No, he says uh, in his own words – It gave us an expression of contempt and disgust. You know how it is when the umpire tells you one more word and you're out of the game. That's the way the expression and the look felt. Like it's more or less just inconvenience and kind of grossed out that they were there. (laughs) So pretty interesting, man. Uh, Very, very interesting. So, you know, they watch it for a little while and then – you know, you guys can watch the video yourself. I'm not going to give you an analyzed version of what happened in the video. But they say that, of course, the uh, the camera runs out of film. Gimlin gets back on his horse. Patterson gets on a horse. And they follow it for quite a while until it eventually disappears around the bend uh, of the road and they lose sight of it. And at that point, you know, they're both like, wait, what are we doing? You know, the adrenaline wears off. And they're like, fuck, this thing could probably tear us both in half based on its size alone. We should probably get back to town. Hmm. So they uh, they get all the horses gathered up. They get all their shit that they can. And then they uh, they head on back. Before they left, they did make two plaster casts of the footprints. Uh, they go back to town. And, of course, the rest is history as we know it. Now, so that's that's the fucking shot that was heard around the world when it comes to, you know, Bigfoot. Bigfoot was known years before this, and there were tales from the Native Americans and folks that live up in the mountains of, you know, the mountain men and the wild men and shit like that. Uh, But this is when shit hit the fan, uh, shit hit the newspapers back then, you know, the radio, television, and of course, you know, our beloved Bigfoot just took off like a wildfire. And keep in mind, like, like I was asking about the cameras, it wasn't common for a lot of people to have cameras like that back then, especially, especially film cameras. Right. So, right. There's a lot of conspiracy people that talk about how at the same time, you know, this, this film came out in 67, uh, in 1970, a mm-hmm. uh, really famous movie came out, which was called beneath the planet of the apes mm-hmm. and which was a sequel to oh, planet of the yeah. apes. And then 
with it being in the same town that it was that was filmed in, like you know Hollywood and shit. And when they won the Oscar for makeup, they're saying like this looks exactly like a suit that would be out of out, out of that movie, and it wouldn't have been hard right. for them to get their hands on something similar and then go out in the forest and, and do yeah. all that. But but like the dudes, like uh, one guy, um, which which guy died passed away first. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. You could hit up. We could hit up the wiki real quick. Hit up, hit up my book. Dead space. Uh, I'm, <laughs> pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hold on. But I'm, I'm going to argue a point with you real quick, Stephen, that people who have analyzed the film and the angle at which the hips move, mm-hmm. that that's not something that you could fake, like being in a suit. Like that movement mm-hmm. is accurate to the size and the weight of what that creature would actually be. So if it was somebody in a suit, they wouldn't move quite the same. It would have yeah. more human movement versus kind of that weird monkey man movement. So is it fair to say, Preston, what you're getting at here is Bigfoot is actually Shakira because Shakira's Shakira. hips don't lie? Yeah, Shakira. Oh, my hips don't lie. <laughs> well, fuck it. Let's stop the episode. 17 minutes in, we've solved yeah. the mystery, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you <laughs> next time. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't remember which one uh, which, which one passed away first. Uh, there's one guy. Um, Roger Patterson passed away January that's 15th right. of 1972. Uh, he had cancer. Uh, and Gimlin's uh, still alive? No, I could have swore he died too. But anyway, Patterson died in, in 1972. And um, – he was like he, until his dying breath, like he said it was real. I and mean, what he's not, he's not a uh, lying. And what's crazy is that right before he passed away of cancer, he actually had a uh, a trip, a trip planned to somewhere. I'm trying to find it in this damn book. It was really interesting. Hold on, I'll find it. So basically, uh, Patterson sold stills from the film in an attempt to raise funds for an expedition to a monastery in Thailand where he believed a hairy humanoid was being held captive. But he sadly contracted Hodgkin's disease and died just five years after shooting the controversial footage. He held a story until his death. Gimlin, who is still alive, has never contracted or con- contract <laughs> contradicted himself or <laughs> he does not have Hodgkin's disease <laughs> has never contradicted himself or Patterson. So I thought that was pretty cool that like he was in the, Oh wow! And, and like, that was another thing is that they never like set out to, to make money off of this footage. They actually, right. You know, did like a lot of donating to researchers and like scientists and, uh, yeah. zoologists and all this shit. And then, the only time he ever tried to make money was to so, just sell stills from the film, like a picture, right? And then to raise the money to go to this expedition to a monastery. I thought that was pretty tight. But like, where did he get this word? It is kind of cool. Hey, there's a hairy humanoid being held captive. You need to come rescue him. Like, what the fuck are you, Bigfoot Superman? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. The Bigfoot yeah. whisperer. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty badass. I didn't realize he died so soon after. But yeah, January of 1972 is when he passed away. So That sucks. That other dude's oh, still shit. alive. That's, That's crazy. Poor. And he was born in what, 31? Damn. 31, yeah. Yeah, and he still does like conventions and shit like that. That's so that's pretty cool. Hell yeah, man. Well, I mean, you got to imagine like it's just two bros just doing bro shit like 
going out in the woods fishing or whatever, and then one of them got a camera. It's no different than whenever we get new shit, like your first fucking film camera, you know, Steve, when you got like that fucking Apple Vision or whatever, iVision. Yeah. You know, I remember that. And like you just couldn't wait to use it. Yeah. So they're just out there maybe trying to find some video of trout or whatever. Or they very easily could have been two bastards out there to purposely make a fake video. And if so, good on you because 51 years later, yeah, like it, <laughs> we're still talking yeah, about it. Yeah, and all the technology we have and they still – it's one of the few films that has actually uh, not mm-hmm. had it debunked. Like, And that's crazy for something shot back then. Oh, yeah. Fact or faked and all those shows have tried yeah. and tried and tried. I think that's impressive. And they shit. just can't quite do it. So yeah, I think that lends credibility to them more because you said like, you know, they didn't try to charge for it or anything. They weren't trying to make money off of it. Yeah. And in recent years, there's been a guy, Rick Dyer, who has made yeah. like numerous fake Bigfoot frozen bodies. And at one point, um, he made almost $60,000 uh, from charging people to see this fake Bigfoot before people found out that it was a phony. Like this, this guy's always coming up in the news yeah. as, you know, is this about the, this is the, like the one that there was a while back. 2000. Yeah. He like, he mixed up like possum DNA and all these different like animal yeah. DNAs thinking that he can make like a cocktail and fool scientists and shit. And he had like, <laughs> he uh, lured the Bigfoot yeah. out using pork ribs from Walmart yeah. doused in a special barbecue <laughs> yep. sauce that he yep. attached to trees. Well, <laughs> It and wasn't a big foot. It's just a homeless person. That's not the first time he's done it. <laughs> that was I, if that's the same guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one guy who was in the news back in like 2008 eight, or yeah, nine, he did I think it, it was. Too. He had like a he had a really high quality like uh, monkey Bigfoot costume that he put into a freezer, and he was going around showing people that he had a body. And then of course when they tested the DNA. He had mixed it with like I forget what all possum DNA, something else, and then another unknown substance, so probably like motor oil or some <laughs> shit. But <laughs> maybe that's the one I'm thinking of because I remember they were he was saying it was it was frozen and they he's going to have it like a tent yeah. and he's going to charge people to look at it and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, there was another instance where a guy did that. He grabbed pork ribs from Walmart and hung them up. It's in the same dude. And like took really shitty video. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts, man. And that made me laugh because like. Once you cry wolf and you're found out that you're faking this shit, like that community, paranormal fucking nerds are not nice people when you pull one over on them. It's like – So if you think you've got the balls yeah. to be like, oh, guys, no, this time I did find yeah. one. Uh, Santa Clarita Diet. you, buddy. <laughs> when they go to that paranormal convention. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's the fucking madhouse. Awesome <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, well, today's episode is going to be a whole lot of fun, I think, because it's not just really about Bigfoot or old Sasquatch, as he's called. Um, we've mixed in a couple other characters that are going to show up and make some appearances because there's a lot of intermingling and high strangeness when it comes to Bigfoot. And he doesn't always travel alone in some cases or at least some places. And uh, he shares his backyard with some other high strangeness and creepy crawlers. But uh, before we get onto that, of course... I had to pack some news into this episode, and I've got some Bigfoot news. So um, you guys remember a while back we had uh, Denver Riggleman who was running uh, with Corey Stewart supposedly or, or, or whatever. And then uh, Miss Leslie Cockburn called him out for being a Bigfoot erotica that aficionado. Yeah, Terrible man. that poor. <laughs> you just got Cockburn, son. Your Twitter's dope. <laughs> Right. Um, we will, we will post, uh, uh, we'll post a link. Hang on a second. Did you guys watch the video I sent you first? I of did, all? yeah. 
Preston, did you watch that video too? I did. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, so I <laughs> so I sent you guys a video to watch, and we'll kind of discuss that because it's kind of a neat follow up uh, to the Denver Riggleman uh, case. So we've got these two guys running for office right now. Um, let me get their names here real quick. We've got Dean Phillips and Eric Paulson. And Eric Paulson, guys, is going to be the villain of this piece here. So there's a really great, fucking amazing uh, campaign video out right now. The dude named Dean Phillips put it out, and it's just fucking throwing some wicked-ass shade at Republican five-turn incumbent Eric Paulson. And apparently this Paulson guy is notoriously known for never showing up to meetings never doing a lot of public meetings, um, avoiding questions, and just being all in all like a real shyster. And he supposedly got, you know, Big Pharma in his back pocket or he's in their pocket and like just an overall sleaze bag. And so this other guy here has come out and said, I'm just going to fucking make the world's best video talking shit on this guy and it's going to be really funny. So he's put out an actual fucking diss track video of Bigfoot and Bigfoot's being interviewed and he's basically saying basically like, you know, I'm really elusive and nobody's ever seen me before. You see me more than you see this Paulson guy. And he goes on to talk about how like he uh, he heard tales of this Paulson uh, guy running and he's never seen him. No one's got footage of him. And so basically Bigfoot straps on a camera and chases this guy throughout the city <laughs> trying to get actual footage of him. And it's just the fucking absolute best. And we will put a link on that so you guys can all watch the video too. But dude, if nothing else, props to Paulson uh, or not – shit, I had the names wrong. Not Paulson, sorry. The guy who did the video, Phillips. Props to Phillips for doing this video because there's nothing else. You know, creativity. <laughs> Gets a lot of points for creativity and that's some funny-ass shit. But you guys are going to have to watch that because to me, like, that's the best kind of mud slinging. It's it's not dirty. It's not talking trash on him about, you know, like being a sleaze ball or, you know, getting caught with, you know, hookers and cocaine. It's just basically saying you're never fucking there. And everybody knows it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty clever. It's classy. <laughs> yeah. It, fuck Big Pharma. It was, it was classy, man. I'll vote for him. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Well, that's the only news we have really as far as Bigfoot goes. I, I tried to find some others and there's tons of uh, there's tons of festivals going on uh, this month and some in November because, of course, it's the, right around that anniversary date. Wouldn't that be so and, tight? Uh, Go to a Bigfoot it would celebrate really would be really cool (laughs) (laughs) i think uh, one year we should try to plan on going to uh the what's that gathering in the desert like the alien con in the desert um oh what's it called i I knew what it was until right right when you said that i lost it yeah we should we should go to that That'd be fun, man. I think that'd be a really neat deal. I think we'd at least go to Kansas City and go to Crypticon or whatever yeah. it's called. It's kind of like a crypto paranormal horror fest, so that'd be a shit ton of fun. Yeah, it would. Hell, yeah. That's some great guests. Well, we'll <laughs> – yeah, oh, yeah. There's some fucking nut jobs and some awesome people too. So, Well, um, we'll go ahead and get into it. Steve, do you have your handy-dandy field guide with you? Can you give us some quick facts about Bigfoot? You want, you want them vital statistics? <laughs> 
God, I love it. <laughs> I want to get you like badges like they give out in Boy Scouts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I picture you wearing a sash while you're reading this shit. It's like the time you asked me to to uh, set the mood for the '60s, and I gave you like the census report. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Preston, give me some facts. What all happened in the '60s? And you're like, well, actually, <laughs> here's a 45 minute documentary about the '60s. All right, here we go. Distinguishing features: okay. foul stench and huge feet with five toes. So Ooh. basically, anybody down Broadway Street in Wichita. Uh, <laughs> Rowan shade. <laughs> Height six to twelve feet. Fucking beast. Weight. Yeah, two hundred pounds to two thousand pounds. It's a lot of twos. Yeah, it? <laughs> <laughs> like two hundred pounds. That's me. I'm a baby squash. <laughs> Baby's little sassy frass. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you which one I am when we get to it. <laughs> right. Range and habitat: forests of Idaho, Washington, Northern California, Oregon. And British Columbia, collectively known as the Pacific North Northwest, but I think that's grown uh-huh. since this book because, like, you've been hearing yeah. about Bigfoot like near Kansas City, which doesn't make sense, but <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and we'll talk about those. So now this book you're reading out of that's what a North American field, guide? yeah, nor- yeah, North American, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So um, population size unknown, but presumably less than two thousand. Uh, omnivore. Hmm. Its diet is omnivore, and we'll talk about later about what they like to eat. Behavior, generally shy and peaceful. Bigfoot usually remains hidden from humans, but can be provoked to violence in extreme circumstances. It spends most of its time foraging for food, but has kidnapped or attacked humans, mostly female, on occasion. Uh, and the encountering Bigfoot cryptology, cryptology scale <laughs> of one through five of how likely you're going to see this big bastard. It's rocking a four. It's oh, pretty, he's shit, pretty common. Son. It's pretty common. He's the, he's the, he's the hot, the hotness. And when it comes to monsters, <laughs> actually, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't shame Bigfoot. He's pretty, he's pretty, a pretty good guy. I mean, it's the only way There's you're going to get in, in uh, a bad situation with him is if you piss him off by, you know, throwing shit at it. Look at that thing. Let's, let's throw oh, something yeah. out. Let's shoot it. Let's, like, why? <laughs> right. Let's poke it with a big, sharp stick. Preston, do you remember the name of that woman who was living peacefully in harmony with uh, Bigfoot's? No, but I want to say that the the Bigfoot's name was like uh, um, Sasquatch Camus or something. And yeah, she said she lived like there was like a pack of Sasquatch yeah. that lived in the woods behind her house, and like they had forged like a harmony or harmonious uh, agreement, and like she'd leave them different food from time yeah. to time, and. And they would leave her gifts that were like mice that were wrapped up in like dried leaves and tied off with different colored reeds and straw and stuff like that. And they'd be laid out uh, across like a tree stump. But did she yeah. also use the barbecue sauce, the special barbecue sauce? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, the, oh. <laughs> short ribs. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. Oh, man. Well – there's another piece of information that should be shared uh, about Bigfoot. And Steve, you kind of mentioned it a little bit talking about how it's been cited, you know, all across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, Bigfoot or sometimes Sasquatch, as he's also known, has more names than just those two. He's got different aliases and it can be called a multitude of different things depending on the state or country that he's found in. And Preston You've put together a pretty good list for us, so go ahead and fire at will. Yeah, Jesus Christ. In Texas, he's known as Boggy Bill or Hill or Harry Bill. 
uh-huh. Missouri, he's known as Momo. That's Pennsylvania, right. or on the on kind of like a upstate New York, he's known as the Alba Witch. Tennessee has to be my favorite, the Wood Booger. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Ohio, he's known as the Grass Man, and oh. uh, Sumatra, he's known as the Orang Pendic. China, he's known as the Yaren. Australia, they call him the Yowie Mite. Mongolia. <laughs> The Almas. Siberia, he's known as the Chuchanua. Africa, the Chimisit. And uh, so last episode, we talked about how Dad killed the Tut Tut. Uh, so in Vietnam, they're called uh, the Tut Tut. Mm-hmm. But on the lower. The Ba Tut Tut. Yeah, the uh, Laotian border, they call it the Ki Trao, which means buffalo monkey or big monkey. Oh, a buffalo monkey sounds sounds scary as shit. Fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> oh man, I, a monkey with huge shoulders and a fucking bison head. <laughs> oh, and then that's, that's what I call butt fuck. No, yeah. not only no, but fuck no. <laughs> All revolves okay. back to prison, man. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, in the Himalaya. Uh, a region of Nepal, Bhutan or Tibet. Uh, we have the Yeti or the Abominable Snowman, mm-hmm. and uh, Yeti is really a weird name because in Hebrew, um, like you call your old like bitchy mother-in-law a Yeti, but somehow <laughs> that's the that's the same. What was that term. noise? That sounded <laughs> like a, weird, a Yeti, uh, Yeti yeah. noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was me taking a drink out of my Yeti okay. glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in in uh, East India, we have the the Monde Barong, uh, uh-huh. Florida the skunk ape, and the two, two <laughs> yeah. In, fl- the two, in Florida, it's called the skunk ape. Yeah, and then and uh, also the two egg stump jumper. What? <laughs> that sounds like a. Sl- oh, you already said. That. If I was a Bigfoot, <laughs> I would be the two egg stump jumper. Yeah. There's a place in Florida, and it's kind of a swampy area, and it's called Two Egg. And it's a. It used to be like a small mining town, had a small general store, and like I think the first purchase that anybody ever made there were like two eggs or something like that. And so the small town area is now called Two Egg, and they have what they call the Stump Jumper, which is more like a mini Bigfoot, like a like a midget Bigfoot. <laughs> And so they call him the two egg stump jumper. And I think that sounds like a racist slur. It does. And, and, but like to me, it's like, how, why do they have so many different names? Like the, the okay, let's, let's rank the names of like, which one's the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and guys, we just, we barely scratched yeah. the surface. Cause this thing also, like we said earlier, it's called the Chi Chi. And that is my wife's favorite name for a Bigfoot is the Chi Chi. The Chi Chi. But yeah, the Chi Chi. <laughs> I mean, it just, okay, so already you have Bigfoot slash Sasquatch, right? Yeah. He's brownish, blackish, gray. Um, the Yeti is the same creature. The Abominable Snowman is roughly the same creature, but he's more known to have whitish brown skin and white or light gray fur. So it could be the same species, but, you know, just a different type, a different uh, animal. So depending where you're at in the swampy areas, he's called the skunk ape because in swampy marshland, he stinks real bad because he's always wet, like a wet dog or an old skunk. Bigfoot fucking stinks no matter where he is. Like exactly. that's just typical right. Bigfoot. He rolls in his own shit. Smells. I mean, and I, <laughs> yeah. what's funny to me. Okay. So let, real quick, 
the worst name. I mean, we can all agree the two egg stump jumper is pretty terrible. That's insane name. <laughs> it sounds like a really shitty yeah. slur. I've <laughs> been down over there, down by the railroad, and seen a couple of them two egg stump jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> definitely grandpa? would be the grass man. That's terrible. <laughs> this sounds like yeah. your Bigfoot drug dealer. Like, <laughs> yep. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Man, and I for, I didn't really look into this too much, but a couple years ago, I, Preston, I think you were at the house. Um, Eric and Aaron gave Shayla the Newsweek Special Edition Bigfoot Science Sightings and Search for America's Elusive Legend. I just looked over to the old pixelated paranormal uh, library on my desk here and forgot I even fucking had this. So we might uh, we might cover that again some other time as another bonus episode. But um, we were talking about the Himalayas real quick. There's rumored to be up um, in this shrine. These monks have like the freeze dried mummified hand of a Yeti and supposedly also like the scalp, uh, like the skull cap of a Yeti as well. And it's a very sacred item and not a lot of people are allowed to see it. I think uh, Josh Gates got a chance to film it on one of his Expedition Unknown episodes. But it just it depends on, again, where they're at regionally, what they're going to be called. And uh, like it also has to do with your verbiage. So over there in Vietnam, like these creatures were probably brownish, you know, the color of big boulder. So they called them the, the rock apes. So it really just matters where they were at and as to what they're being called. But it's all pretty much the same little guy. And for whatever reason, they call him Momo in Missouri, maybe just to give it like a local name for, you know, Missouri Momo. Hmm. Yeah, interesting shit. But yeah, there was a there was a really badass documentary that you and I watched again, uh, Steve. And it's from the same group called Small Town Monsters. They're the same team that did that Mothman uh, documentary. And this might be, I think, might have been their first documentary or one of their first ones. But they have another one about a weird group of sightings that happened in Pennsylvania called the Invasion of Chestnut Ridge. And that uh, that brought to my attention the fact that there's a lot of weird-ass shit going on in the old Keystone State. Yeah. And so for the main stuff I want to discuss about Bigfoot, um, we're going to talk a lot about what happened in Pennsylvania. Because there's a lot of weird shit involving Bigfoot plus a whole hell of a lot more. So we'll uh, we'll jump in the way back machine here and we're going to go back into 1973 in Pennsylvania for like a really weird, bizarre UFO slash Bigfoot encounter. And depending how far back this you go, website. there are a lot. What's this that? Is so, so, <laughs> it's so someone's someone's basement. <laughs> like it's, right. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. When you go looking for like the best paranormal stories, you find some shit bag <laughs> like 1994 websites yeah. with like rock back, like fake marble backgrounds and green text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this one does have a lot of this one really chalks the story up really well. Um, I'm taking this from a, a story or a write-up done by a man named Brent Rains. So hats off to you, sir. You've probably never heard of us. So back in October 25th, 1973, near Greensburg, Pennsylvania, um, a lot of people saw a really strange light, bright red ball hovering in the sky. And everybody thought they saw this ball of light go down behind some trees over in a heavily, heavily wooded area. So this guy, he's roughly 22, and his two boys, they're twins, uh, 10 years old. 
decide they're going to go out and take a closer look because they've got some ranch area off in the distance and they want to figure out just what the hell this Tom fuckery is going on, uh, you know, about their, their, uh, their wooded area. So they grab a gun, jump in the car, and the three of them take off down this old dirt road toward whatever this light was that people saw hovering in the sky. And they try to drive off to where they thought the general area was where this thing landed. And as soon as they approach uh, the general vicinity, the truck headlights start to kind of dim and flicker out a little bit. And he decides now's a good time to pull over. So he pulls over and his lights kind of dim out all the way. And they see what they think is like a bright kind of like domed object glowing at the top of this hill. And so like any good horror story, they decide, fuck it, we're going to go figure out what this is because what better army do you have to prepare yourself with than two twin 10-year-old boys <laughs> and a rifle? Right. <laughs> so they head up this hill and as the closer they get to this kind of weird domed UFO object, the louder this noise becomes that sounds a lot like a lawnmower engine. And as they're making their way up, they're following this fence line and way off in the distance, they notice these two large figures kind of awkwardly lumbering up towards them. And they watch these things and they're real tall, broad shouldered, um, dark silhouettes. But they notice that they're kind of walking with one in front of the other. And one of them kind of takes these real long, awkward strides. Um, but he stops at every single fence post and just kind of freezes. And while he stands still, the other one kind of slowly walks behind him. So it's almost like, you know, cartoon chipmunks tiptoeing. <laughs> but he, uh, the guy, the 22-year-old guy gets kind of spooked. And he fires a couple warning shots off at these, these creatures. And in his rifle, he's got what they call tracer rounds or tracer bullets. And these are kind of a pyrotechnic round that when you shoot them, especially in you know dim areas in the dark, they leave a bit of a trace of uh, fire and burning ember in the sky or the air. So you kind of follow where your shot goes. And in some cases, um, if the, the rounds land, they'll glow for a little while, kind of like a very you know light flare. So they shoot towards these things and they're not even really phased by it. They just kind of keep on like skulking and walking real slow, but they're getting ever so close to this guy and his twin boys. And he estimates these things when they get closer to be somewhere around seven foot tall for the first and about eight foot tall for the second. And he says it's dark, but they can all three tell these things are kind of, uh, they're, they're covered in long, dark grayish hair and they had kind of a greenish yellow tint to their eyes, kind of like glowing animal eyes, um, arms that hung, <coughs> pardon me, arms that hung down almost to the ground. And they noticed they're making weird high pitched kind of wheezing, kind of whining noises. And he says it's akin to the sound of like a crying baby or sometimes like the cry a rabbit makes. And realizing these creatures are getting even closer, he fires a second warning shot over their head. Eventually, he fires three more shots directly into the tallest figure. And at this point, it stops, and the one in the back raises its hand up and kind of grabs the first one on the shoulder. And then it doesn't look like they've been injured by the bullets, but they definitely turn around and start walking back towards the trees. And at this point, one of the two twins is like, fuck this noise, and just takes off running back towards their house. That'd be so, so yeah, um, I, I misspoke. Sorry. One of the creatures had been struck by a bullet, whined, and raised its hand towards the other one, uh, grabbing it on the shoulder. 
So the domed UFO and the mower-like noise stopped. The light kind of dimmed out. Um, the witness also said that their eyes were bothering them after they had seen these creatures. So later that night around 945, a state trooper arrives and he returns to the field with the man, the 22-year-old man. And the glowing on the ground that was produced by this UFO is still there, kind of like the ground is maybe radioactive or just kind of got a weird afterglow to it. Mm -hmm. And they both get out. They walk around and they can definitely tell something large was in the woods because the trees uh, are being kind of like torn apart. And it's that classic, you know, crack, crack, pop. And, you know, you can see the treetops kind of swaying back and forth. Something large is, you know, lurking through these woods. And they were together for about a half an hour or so, kind of walking around the area trying to figure out what it was. And they see this brown figure come towards them uh, again, but this time more menacingly. And so uh, he fires one last bullet off at the animal or the creature or whatever it was. And then they jumped back in the patrol car and took off uh, out towards the field. Now, on the 26th, around 1 in the morning, members of a study group show up to kind of figure out what's going on because they caught wind of this and they want to figure out – exactly what the fuck just happened so it's strange because the young man who saw this the 22 year old he's standing there being interviewed by one of the guys in this group and all of a sudden he starts breathing really heavy and kind of labored and kind of huffing and then he starts growling like an animal at all the people who were there in this investigation group and starts just kind of flailing his arms around swinging um he tries to punch his dad And then um, another investigator fell to the ground. And they said as this behavior was occurring, the team members complained of feeling lightheaded and another one had uh, trouble breathing as well. The young man still swinging his arms and kind of trying to punch people and shoving people um, was still growling. And suddenly he collapsed face down, (laughs) they say, in a heavily manured area. And then he came to and he warned everybody in the group, guys, get away from me. It's here. You have to get back. And it was just really strange behavior, like whatever this guy saw stuck with him or made him rabid for a short period of time and just started attacking everybody and then snapped out of this weird trance. But the father and one of these investigators who had been there, uh, who had been knocked to the ground, uh, helped the kid back up and he pointed to the darkness claiming that it was nearby, mumbling that he would be able to protect them. He also said something about seeing a man in a black hat and a cloak carrying a sickle in the nearby area. And then all of a sudden he came over with this really foreboding uh, message saying, if man doesn't straighten up, the end will come soon. That's true. Really, really weird shit going down in Pennsylvania. And uh, that's kind of like, you know, the beginning of this Chestnut Ridge sighting and phenomenon Uh, People in the Chestnut Ridge area in Pennsylvania have claimed to see Bigfoot walking around, um, getting close. People driving down dirt roads have claimed they've almost hit it with their car. They've claimed they sideswiped it. They've claimed they've been out on makeout points. And these things have like, you know, skulked up to cars and scratched the fender or ripped the bumper off. All this weird shit. But what's really strange in this Bigfoot case there's a lot of UFOs that are being seen in the area too. And that's something that you don't always see going hand in hand is Bigfoot sightings along with UFOs. Just really, really, truly bizarre shit. But, um, you know, watch that documentary if you guys want to. It kind of goes a little more in depth in a chestnut ridge, so I won't keep going. 
And I think right now, guys, it's a, it's a pretty good place to take a break and put a pin in it, so to speak. And uh, we will regroup and we'll come back and give you guys the second half of the episode because uh, it's a good place for you all to get a drink or a little bite to eat or maybe something else. And then uh, sit back down because the stories from here are just going to get crazy. And we are back just like that with the second half of the Bigfoot anniversary special. And uh, it, like I said, it's a good time to grab yourself uh, something to sip on or something to nibble on because it's going to be story time from here on out, folks. And uh, we got a lot of stuff to throw at you, but it'll be nice. Um, as a little bonus episode, it should just be easy listening for you guys. And we're just going to jump into some... Uh, some more high strangeness and some more craziness. And before we jump on the total Bigfoot bandwagon, I have just a couple more things to talk about um, in the old Keystone State. Some of the other weirdness that happens there, um, not really mentioned on that Chestnut Ridge documentary. So um, we'll just jump right into it, guys. Um, there's a guy and his name is Stan Gordon. Are either of you familiar with Stan Gordon? Nope. Really? I thought Preston would have known a Stan Gordon. Well, he's kind of a higher up in the... Sounds like a Mason name. <laughs> Dude looks like a Mason, too. I don't know what that means. He's kind of like a paranormal slash cryptid researcher up there in... Uh, I believe he's in Pennsylvania, but he's got a website you guys can all check out. Stan Gordon Info or StanGordon.info. And I, I found his website because I believe he was interviewed on that actual documentary, Steve. He was the guy with the glasses... Oh, yeah, uh, okay. The, the combed-over blonde hair, yeah. yeah. Kind of looks like uh, Sean Astin's character in Stranger Things Part 2. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to his website, and I, I've known his name for a while now anyway. And come to find out, there's a lot of weird shit going on in Pennsylvania outside of the 1970s when all that chestnut stuff happened. So I kind of put together a list here, just the weird shit people are experiencing up there. In Pennsylvania, and um, I fast forwarded all the way to around the 2000, 2011, and then all the way up to today. So let me go over some of this weird shit, guys. Um, back on November 20th, 2011, at around 11.05 p.m. in the evening, this guy and his girlfriend are out driving um, on Muddy Creek Road, traveling westwards towards Highway 14, near a little place called Troy. And as they're driving down this dirt road, they notice... Um, it looks like there's something crawling on the side of the road. And so the guy, the boyfriend in the story, he kind of glances over as they're passing it. And he's like, holy shit, there's a naked guy. And he's crawling across the road. What the fuck? So like he slams his brakes on and kind of like, you know, er, kind of turns sideways on the road. And they sit there and watch him in the darkness for a while. And then the guy <laughs> turns his high beams on. It's like sitting there watching a naked dude. Like it's the cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, like he's not about 30 out. or 40 feet away. <laughs> get out like, offering <laughs> right. help. Like, hey, are you, are you like, yeah. like paralyzed from well, waist I mean, down? Like, like, what do you need? Yeah, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt because, you know, he put the high beams on just to figure out exactly what the fuck it was. And they soon realize it's not a person at all. It's crawling really low across the ground. They watch, and this creature um, is kind of like just like slithering across the ground, like it's dragging its back legs and kind of like, you know, like, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. Yeah. And then it kind of slumps over into the squatted position, and they say it was more like the way a kangaroo sits down on its back legs. And it's got its arms held tightly up to its body, 
And they say it looks like on its little arms, it's got real long claws, um, like eight or 10 inches long with one claw being shorter than the rest. And it has a body that's really muscular and the head is oversized at this point, And it's shaped kind of like that of a wolf. And at the top of the head, there's these two bat like ears that point straight up. And it looks like the head, it looks like the ears are about four to six inches long. The whole body is covered with this dull, wrinkly, dark black skin. And at this point, they're thinking, all in all, if it stood up, it's probably going to be about four or five feet tall. Well, they're, they're watching it, and they notice it's got real long, like canine-like teeth. And the eyes of the creature were the size of silver dollars, but they were just jet black, like inky black. And they've got the high beams on this thing, and the eyes are not reflecting light at all like you would expect, you know, like your your deers or your dogs or your cats or any kind of nocturnal animal. But they said all in all, they're watching this thing for about 12 seconds. And then suddenly the creature starts to kind of change. They watch in amazement as the body starts to stretch and contort. And it kind of shifts its weight onto its back legs, and it stands right, you know, stands straight up on its back legs for just a moment. And then it kind of slumps forward like it's going to fall. And when it does that, they said as it stood up, it's now about six to seven feet tall. And as it falls forward, it lands on all fours, kind of like a wolf or a dog. And when it does this, it kind of glances over towards the truck, and then it kind of jolts like, oh, shit. And it's watching them, and it takes kind of a deep breath, and it gets this startled look of like horrified, oh, shit. Uh, they can see me kind of look on its face and they said they, they almost make it akin to like you just caught somebody doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. They're like, oh shit. And it kind of like stops and stares mm-hmm. for a minute. And I'm thinking this is kind of like the transformation in that movie, The Howling, you know, like she's just stretching and cracking and popping. It reminds me of like and, when you see like these movies where like something's like contorting and like, like they do like that, like almost like a pop and lock, like look. Like yeah, the joints and shit are all like popping and yeah. cracking and snapping into place. It was just trying to get and, down uh, the woods, just popping, locking. Yeah. And so it, it notices them and it kind of stops and then it kind of squats down like it's going to jump like a dog is about to jump. And they said it reaches its claws forwards at them almost like a swipe. Mm-hmm. And then it lunges this tremendous leap. And it clears this like seven foot embankment. And they said it had to have been like a 40 foot long jump from where it was seated to where it landed. And the claws stretched forward kind of like Superman, the back legs behind it. They said overall this thing had to have been like nine feet long. And it was just so bizarre. And they said as soon as it disappeared in the darkness, uh, your kind of favorite shit, Steve, a large bird, possibly an owl, (sighs) rushes the side of the car, almost hits the passenger seat. And then it flies straight up in the air and disappears. And they weren't sure if it was actually an owl or what. They just found it to be really weird, almost like, hey, no, look over here. So this thing can kind of, yep. you know, working get together, away man. Fucking seen. aliens, dude. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. So Collusion. March. 8th. Collusion. <laughs> oh, man. Um, not quite a year later, March 18th, 2012. Southern part of Fayetteville County in Pennsylvania. This guy, he's out walking his dog. Like Lafayette? In kind of a. <laughs> right <laughs> he's out walking his dog around like 11 45 p.m just before midnight and he's in his front yard and he's kind of away from the street lights it's kind of you know a darkened area and he keeps hearing this weird like whooshing noise and this like muffled flapping sound 
And so finally he notices the noises above him. So he looks up and like 55 feet above him is this large winged beast that he says looks like a dragon. Uh, and the thing. Preston, do you like dragons? Dude, I love dragons, but my phone died. So I can't do the Chinese sound effect. <laughs> oh, damn it. China. <laughs> yeah. But for real though, do you like dragons? Uh, yeah, they're all right. Let's be dragging these nuts across your head. <laughs> you fell for it again, bitch. Uh, Got him. Got him. <laughs> so he looks up and he thinks this thing looks like a dragon. And the creature swoops down and kind of glides past him and his dog. And this uh, this uh, house across the street has an automatic floodlight that kind of gets triggered, a motion light. And when it flips on, the guy's able to get a decent look at it. And he says this thing's body has to be like 20-some feet long. The wingspan's got to be about 18 to 20 feet wide. And it's got this shiny skin, almost reflective, with no scales, no feathers, no nothing. Just this really weird reflecting body. Uh, the skin is dark brown, possibly red, similar to an auburn color, he says. Very specific. At the end of the tips of the wings, there appears to be like three to four talon-like fingers. And the arms that are flapping these wings are really just ripped, muscular ripped arms. And the wings are thick, not like skin, though. And it says that even he sees enough detail to see it has like rear fins on both sides of the body. And it's got an arrow-shaped head on the uh, – the tail has an arrow-shaped head at the end of it. And he almost says it looks like he had uh, the legs extended far out behind it like it could walk if it wanted to. Uh, it had a cone shape around the neck that stopped flat at the base. And he said, strangest of all, when this thing turns around and kind of swoops again back towards him, it's not menacing like it's trying to grab him or the dog. It's just kind of like just flying around like nonchalantly. But the head of the creature – is almost lit up like a jack-o'-lantern. So like the eyes and the mouth are both lit from behind. And he gets a couple more seconds in. All in all, he watches the thing for about 20 seconds, kind of swoop back and forth in front of him. And then it takes off. But he hears this really deep guttural throat noise as it kind of bellows out that sounds like a foghorn of a boat as it flies away. Mm. So then again, in May of 2017... Um, a location near Chestnut Ridge, like we talked about earlier, um, a couple says they're out in their backyard and these big flying creatures land in their backyard. And they're familiar with local birds and they say there's nothing similar to these than we're used to seeing. These are not native birds. They said these things stood to be about four to six feet tall, wingspans of at least 10 to 12 feet wide. Um, supposedly they got a couple of pictures of these creatures. I couldn't find them. But they have large heads and necks that extend straight up, um, kind of like the huge thunderbirds that are reported in there, or again, kind of like those pterodactyls that you were talking about, Presto, in the last episode. Ah! <laughs> the residents of Chestnut Ridge also in January 2018, so at the beginning of this year, uh, saw huge dark-skinned birds, again like pterodactyls, swooping around back and forth. I like it! <laughs> Somebody's phone's working again. <laughs> Fuck yes, Steve. Keep it up. <laughs> but yeah, so this Pennsylvania, the state of Pennsylvania, it sounds like it's just plagued by tons of these fucking flying pterodactyl bird things. Um, a lot of people call them thunderbirds. It's, it's argued whether they're pterodactyls or actual just big like giant eagles. But um, Back in April 23rd, 2012, in Washington County, Pennsylvania, 
at like one o'clock in the morning, this guy wakes up and he's in a dead sleep and he hears this weird ass kind of growl slash screech outside. And so he runs to the window and he can't see much, but kind of the shadow of maybe some four legged animal standing off near the creek of their house. And he can't figure out what it is because the thing has really peculiar eyes and it keeps making this weird like screech or, screech or growl and he can't quite identify it. And so he wakes up his wife because she must have her, you know, animal identification badge on her sash because he thinks if I wake her up, she can figure out definitely what this thing is. So he gets her up and they run over to the window and the thing is now about 15, 20 feet away from the house. And uh, they're like, what the hell? It's just a deer. Calm, or no, the wife says, what the hell? It's just a deer. Calm down. And they watch it for a while. But the husband is like, why the hell would a deer be in the middle of a creek? After midnight, like these things should probably be sleeping as well. <laughs> so like finally, the he's like master of deer, <laughs> the beast master. <laughs> so finally, he's like, "What the fuck? I got to figure out what this thing is, or at least shoo it off, because this thing is just staring at us through the window." And so he goes outside, and as he's walking up to this creature, he notices um, it's kind of dark brown in color. It's the size of a deer, although it could have been actually taller than a deer, because at one point, apparently. Uh, it was standing at their um, retaining wall, and the head was standing above the walls. I don't know if that's a four-foot wall or whatever. It's kind of an odd thing for them to put in here. But um, he's getting closer to it, and he realizes this deer has a really elongated face. Um, not really a stubby snout, but kind of pointed in shape. And the eyes are huge, like bigger than a golf ball. And again, they're not reflecting light like most nocturnal animals. They're I'm just that, that radioactive water. Yeah, they're kind of like this inky black, but they also seem to be glowing through, uh, glowing from behind again. Um, so he runs up to it. This thing looks at him, takes a step forward, and then shoots up into the sky at like a forty-five degree angle, disappearing into the darkness of the night sky. Holy shit! And he, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a flying. That would creep me out of it more than anything. Fuck yeah, it would. So far, it's just a creepy deer with giant eyeballs, and it just fucking flies. Like what the fuck? It's like the dolphins and. Guy, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just <laughs> right. jump out of the water yeah. and just keep going. So long and thanks for all the fish. So, blah, 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 blah. You threw me off with that comment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, the speed that this thing flew away was insane. I've never seen anything move that fast. But what was more peculiar is this big animal didn't have wings. He never heard flapping, never saw wings stretch out. It just kind of rocketed off into space. <laughs> Rocket man. It was a fucking reindeer, man. It's one of Santa's lost reindeer. He's on a suicide mission for himself. He just flies up. <laughs> I love it. So um, speaking of flying things, um, all through 2017 and also in 2018 this year, people in Pennsylvania have been noticing these strange orbs flying in the sky. And they're described as being metallic, although some are silver, some are kind of black. Some are definitely, you know, hard looking the surface and others are kind of like these anamorphic blobs. But people say they'll glide around almost like they're on a track or very straight, like they're headed for a definite course. But then these little clouds will appear kind of like these wavy, obscure looking like smudges in the sky. And these orbs will fly behind them or into them like they're going behind a cloud, but they'll never fly out the other side. For, for a long time, you know, uh, minutes go by and these things don't fly out. And they describe it almost like a hatch opening on the other side and they'll fly back out. So people are thinking there are these strange, like almost sliding door portals these things are flying into. 
it kind of reminds me of that Phantasm movie with the balls that fly around, like they'll just disappear. It's super fucking creepy. It's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> really bizarre. Um, and then May 2016, near Chestnut Ridge, getting back on track here, boys. Two men report that they saw a Bigfoot run out in front of their car on Mud Pike Road. So close, they almost hit it, and as it ran by, it drug its hand across their hood. Now, it didn't scratch it or make any scrapes, but like kind of like Bo duked across their hood as it ran off <laughs> towards a tree line. Um, in July 2017, in the same area, odd lights that kind of look like uh, dragonflies, or I'm sorry, odd lights that look like fireflies are reported. And they said it's really weird. The, the lights are bigger than they're supposed to be because everybody has seen, you know, fireflies go off at night, lightning bugs. They said these things are much bigger, giving off bigger bursts of light, but they'll happen in, you know, really rapid succession, like going off. They have no idea what it is, but in that same area, there's often a lot of Bigfoot sightings that are happening. And that's why some people believe that maybe Bigfoot isn't quite terrestrial. It could be interdimensional. And again, we'll get onto that maybe at the end of the episode, because that's an even bigger uh, pill to swallow, but. Anyway, you know, damn it, I've been getting caught up in all the weirdness and shit, and it's supposed to be a Bigfoot episode. So I've got one for you guys that straddles both of these fences, Bigfoot and fucking high strangeness. One of my favorite stories about a Bigfoot so far that I've come across. Late August 2017, in the southwest part of Pennsylvania, a police officer is out on patrol one evening, and he's just driving up and down the highway, and he runs across something unlike anything he's ever seen before, and it's not like any fucking Bigfoot I have ever heard of before researching this about a week ago. He's making his way down the highway, passing this big open you know, stretch of fields, high grass, wildflowers, stuff like that. And he notices what appears to be this really strange, dull, glowing ball of light kind of resting up ahead on the side of the road. And he's like, what the fuck is that? Like, is it somebody's toy? Is it a flashlight, a lantern? What the hell is this? So he drives up a little closer to it, and he's getting pretty close. It stands up or rises up, and he said, almost like it's on something's shoulder. And so he gets closer to the glowing orb, and he realizes this ball of light is resting upon the shoulders of something that's probably six feet or taller. The dull glow from the light made it hard to see, but he says it has to be the head of this creature, and it's about eight to ten inches across. It's resting on some shoulders. Um, it's poorly lit, but he can see the top of this thing's chest and a section of the arms. He said it's got this really sickly, dull, grayish blue skin. The chest is about 18 inches across. But what's strange is while it's got some pretty broad shoulders, the waist is oddly narrow and it seems to be almost sickly looking. And it's got <sighs> arms, but they're, yeah, I know. They're, the arms are like, not quite proportional. Like they go down past its shins. It's got long, lanky limbs that almost look like skeletons with no muscle mass at all. Basically, it's down. Like this gross. <laughs> it's got this gross. Sounds like skin. a skinwalker. It caught, that's what I thought it sounded like too. Like Mysterio and a skinwalker had a baby. <laughs> Whoa. And there's a little sketch there. Of course, it's you know, I don't know. Guy's not an artist, that's for sure. But <laughs> this fucking lanky skeleton looking thing is just kind of skulking, you know, through the, the, the field there. And it starts walking in the same direction that he's slowly kind of cruising to. 
And suddenly it turns and moves off in the darkness, but almost like it just fucking just whoosh, like floats off, like glides across the ground. And, you know, the tall weeds and the grass and shit are like separating behind it, almost like, you know, in signs mm-hmm. when the fucking aliens running through the cornfield. Mm-hmm. It just takes off at a speed that the officer said uh, he's never seen before. It was so just unexplainable how fast the thing just fucking turned and ran. And then again, um, in mid-September, just shortly a month after that, just a few miles away, there's another person out, and they describe seeing the same thing. So, uh, just said for the police hmm? officer, the question is is whether he made it back to the evidence locker or not. Ah, because this guy was on some serious drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then they awesome. were like, "Wait." What was it in the next month, right? Yeah, just a month later. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else seen it. Yeah, so a then month. they were like, you weren't high. You weren't high. Hang on a second. Maybe Gary wasn't on them shrooms. But yeah, so another person reports seeing something that's about six feet tall, ivory-colored skin, and very sickly looking, like emaciated, just fucking saggy skin, no muscles, like a fucking skeleton that's got like a wet blanket on top of it or skin. And this one, they said, is a bit broader in shoulder, about 20 inches across. I say you guys are just fucking being namby-pamby. <laughs> what is two inches on a shoulder? You know, nothing to argue about. Uh, but the creature, they said, walks out of the woods a little ways, begins to approach the witness. The witness freaks the fuck out and just fucking turns tail and runs back home. So that's all the farther we have of an actual report of this creep. But real fucking weird. Yeah. Um, in February of 2018, a series of clawed tracks can be seen in snowy parts of Armstrong County. Uh, motorists driving near the West Virginia border of Pennsylvania and West Virginia, our old, you know, our old uh, stomping grounds, West Virginia there, reported seeing something that was creamsicle colored lumbering across the road. And they're talking about this thing being like eight feet tall, uh, kind of a cream white color. And it's always kind of just running around the Delmont area. There have been other reports of tall, thin creatures, too, in Allegheny and Westmoreland counties. It's fucking strange as shit. So they've got some weird, I don't know, emaciated Bigfoot corpse running around with a glowing head up there. (laughs) I don't know. Just some fucking weird ass shit going on. In May 16, 2018, a guy's driving down the highway near Washington and Greene County. He notices a truck pulled off on the side of the road. So he's like, well, what the fuck? I'm a good old country boy. I'm going to go help him. So as he approaches this other truck, he sees the driver outside the car looking up towards the hill. And the passenger inside the car is motioning like, fucking turn around. Look, 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 look. So the guy turns around and up on the hill. They estimate this thing is seven foot tall, walking across the horizon Large shoulders, long arms. It has a short, muzzleless face, large forehead, covered in dark for, uh, dark fur. It took about four or five long strides and disappears into the tree line. So, so far, the little bit we've talked about Bigfoot and a and little bit that people know about Bigfoot, he's pretty docile. Like, you don't hear a lot of stories about Bigfoot, you know, really just fucking shit up, just really tearing shit up. So far, it sounds like all he does is, you know, walk across dirt roads, zigzagging out of tree lines, and that's about it. He's a teddy bear. <laughs> he is. But 
we could fill the rest of the episode up with people seeing, you know, something take four or five steps out of a tree, turn around and go back in. But Presto, you have found a little different side of Bigfoot that we don't really talk about a whole lot. And so, oh, yeah. He's not going to yeah, talk about his sex wanted- life, is he? <laughs> Shout out to Denver Riggleman. <laughs> no, Presto's going to talk a little bit about what happens when Bigfoot goes bad. Yeah. I found the asshole side of Bigfoot. <laughs> like the backside? Like Bigfoot's no, asshole. Like the, the cr- the, yeah, the, the cranky, you know, like my brother side or a Bigfoot. So he shits on cats. Yeah, shits on cats. <laughs> uh, but, you know, first nice. I want to start off by asking both of you, because, you know, Steve is like our newfound fact checker. So I just want to test Steve's knowledge and maybe Sean's too. Do either of you know where ground zero for Bigfoot sighting is in Oklahoma? And don't fucking scroll down on my Google Docs Hold and look on. the notes. Like I just want to know. You know <laughs> off, off. Let me get let me get my book. I want to say educated again. educated guess on my part. I'm going to say somewhere near Broken Bow. Um, maybe because <laughs> actually, is. I don't know if that's this asshole okay. knows every fact there is about the 1960s, but can't tell me a map of Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just know that Shayla and I uh, got a cabin for a weekend up in Broken Bow, and uh, they were very proud of their Bigfoot memorabilia and their sightings and uh, finding what Bigfoot of, actually uh, what, went out there. What part of uh, Oklahoma is that? Like northeast? Oh, it's, it's Broken Bow. I just told you. Well, I wasn't listening. I don't have a map either, asshole. <laughs> if you could guess, would you guess that it's like the northern part of Oklahoma or the south, southern part of Oklahoma? I'm kidding. I'm going to guess it's probably northern. right around the northern part. Okay. Well, you'd be wrong. Okay. So uh, more closer Steve to like Texas? Yes. Yeah, Steve's actually the closest is uh, Choctaw Territory, which is southeast Oklahoma. Really? That's Now, that's where Bigfoot originated just in Oklahoma. Or like all in all, no, just like in the Oklahoma area, like that's like ground zero for the most sightings. Like you'll get Bigfoot sightings okay. here and there, but uh, Choctaw territory is where like the tribe of Bigfoots is said to live. Hmm. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, so this story takes place in like 1855, so kind of around the Civil War era, if not slightly before that. So <laughs> could you, know, you imagine, like, could you imagine, like, living back then? Prepping for the Civil War, and you see this. Shit, hang thing. on. <laughs> Preston Broken Bow is the is the bottom bottom southeast corner of Oklahoma, not too well, far from go. Texas. So, so Sean didn't yeah, know because actually, Sean probably slept Sean the whole didn't fucking know, but he trip. Was right. <laughs> he slept the whole trip going there. Oh, we're in yeah, Oklahoma. Oh, cool. Fucking yeah, oh, it's like a two hour drive. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> So yeah, imagine General Custard, <laughs> you know, swords, musket guns, things mm-hmm. like that. That's the time frame we're looking at. So the Bigfoot, or the Giant Man, as the locals called him, had been raiding settlements up and down southeast Oklahoma, all the way to Arkansas, mostly selling vegetables, Ar- apples, Preston, eggs. Arkansas, it's Arkansas, it's Arkansas, bro. Arkansas, Ar- it's Arkansas. Ar- and uh, so the essentials for uh, the healthy Bigfoot diet. So, Steve, I need you to fact check that and pull out your Bible there. Already got it. And let's hear Bigfoot's diet. Bigfoot's diet. Obviously, he's going to be into fish and other types of seafood slash river food. Uh-huh. 
creek food. Yeah. Yeah. Creek food. <laughs> Swamp creek food. Fair. Swamp. Uh, fucking pond. Any of that shit. Salmon. Sal- sal- salmon. Fucking salmon. Why to go to Arkansas and Grundy. get some salmon? Yeah. <laughs> salmon, <laughs> trout, mussels, Dude. minnows, clams, and shrimp. Fucking sounds like a pretty badass diet to me. Got some catfish <laughs> yeah. in there. It would be all right. Uh, insects and related. So you got your crickets, grasshoppers, spiders, potato bugs, leeches, earthworms, Shayla's favorite, slugs, snails, moths, butterflies, <laughs> just a, basically a bunch of shit that is gross. Yeah, he's a survival expert. Yeah, for sure. He's like the Bear grills of uh, the wild men. He needs, he needs his own <laughs> reality TV show. Oh, yeah. Or he, she. he does have one called Finding Bigfoot. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, they just need they, they need the beast cam. There you go. Uh, rodents and other small mammals, pikas, gophers, mice, rabbits, woodchucks, squirrels, marmot, marmots, yeah, rats, marmots, uh-huh. and moles. Ugh, gross. Uh, red meat, humans, deer, goat. <laughs> it doesn't say Wait, how did you pass over humans so nonchalantly? <laughs> it did, it, it, it red say, meat, humans, deer. It didn't humans, say deer, humans, I, I ad-libbed that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, book? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Deer, goats, sheep, domestic dogs and cats. That's fucked up. Uh, elk, foxes, moose, bear cubs, mountain lion cubs, and wolf pups. Like coward, preying on the fucking weak and the small. <laughs> Uh, berries and other fruits blueberries blue and red huckleberries I'll be your huckleberry wild cherries tomatoes because tomato is a fruit Preston in case you didn't know Sol- <laughs> I don't know how to spell that what's salal berries S-L-A-L-A-L never heard of that type yeah. of berry well, it's the yeah. ones that'll make you shit organ grapes like why couldn't you just put fucking grapes like what does it need to be it loves organ grapes yeah, like specifically organ grapes the other ones, we're that's not fucking you, with it. That's why you see him cross the U.S. because he's going to get his favorite berries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's his. Ding, 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 that's ding, his odyssey. <laughs> Finding the best grapes: uh, peaches, <laughs> apples, boysenberries, and blackberries. Uh, he fucks with the plants, so he's got spruce and hemlock tips. Just the tip. Grasses, <laughs> ferns, leaves, roots. Bunch, basically a bunch of boring shit. You should probably stop eating that, Bigfoot, and just go for the red meats and the berries. Mm-hmm. This dude basically eats everything. Holy shit. Fowl and other white meat. Geese, ducks, Canada honkers. Sounds like a sports team. <laughs> Jays, woodpeckers, eggs, stolen pigs. What? Why, why not just pigs? What the fuck is a stolen pig? A well, pig? He steals the pig, bro. So yeah. what, he, might, he doesn't what, purchase them. What about geese and ducks? Like stolen I, geese, I stolen ducks. This is stupid. Well, I mean, nobody has a fucking pen full of ducks. Some people do. Some people have. Paul, go out there and check on our pen of prize ducks and geese. Yeah, if you're fucking nine foot tall, do you really want to eat a duck? No, you're going to go for that fucking pig because that's what's going to fill your Bigfoot belly up. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to buy one because it doesn't fucking have a satchel full of coins. Dude, oh yeah. my God. Holy shit. Listen to this. It says other acorns and other nuts. You know, that's not too bad. Frogs, tadpoles, toads, and other amphibians. Honey, sap, obviously, because that's good. Or no, honey, great. Sap, not so great. And then at the very end, no shit, it says feces. This greasy fuck will eat (laughs) eat feces. And then after that, no shit, it says right there, humans, parentheses, especially children, parentheses. God damn. It got really dark. (laughs) 
No shit. And everybody's like, how has he survived this long? <laughs> well, he's eaten anything. Like, that man is so versatile. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't anything. say fucking concrete and fence posts. <laughs> Broken glass bottles. Plastic <laughs> plastic beer containers. <laughs> Nails. Rusty syringes. Tactical knives. Hang gliders. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Preston, <laughs> what so, you got? Oh, I won't say that. That'd be too bad. I'll say it. You can edit it out <laughs> if you think it's too that, bad. That just kind of re... That, that derailed my next rant because, like, I was going to say, like, you know, the reports were very un-Bigfoot characteristic. You know, they had said that he was stealing human children and eating them. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> not my fucking Bigfoot motherfuckers. Like, fact check that Bruh. shit. Like, you're wrong. And Bruh. Steve. The book. Yep. Steve, so, like, his, Steve got me so like what do you think his most book. delicacy would be? Like, what would be the most, like, the most succulent meal for the beast. I'm going to say he probably, when he wants to treat himself, he gets some of that Arkansas Salomon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking more on the side of uh, shit-covered children. <laughs> shit-covered yeah. children? Yeah. Like, hold on a second. I got to do this just right. I got to jump out from behind the tree and make him shit himself <laughs> or the entire thing is wasted. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Ooh. crazy, right? Just like all the shit is like, yeah, that sounds like something that a, a wild beast in the in the force would you know treat himself to and there's just like feces children <laughs> feces <laughs> what well, scat you know a lot of birds eat a eat a seed and the seed doesn't get digested so maybe you know who knows nasty thing yeah. corn maybe he likes me okay i figured it out corn is the delicacy and that's why he eats shit because oh, he corn picks it out. never gets digested mm, yep. indeed yeah you know how bad we're grossing people out right now on this show Pretty bad, but you know what? That's why there's that E for everyone on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, that means explicit. (laughs) Oh, whoopsies. (laughs) All right, Preston, get the cart back on the track, can you? Yeah, so the hunting party tracks down uh, Bigfoot and finds a giant mound with the bodies of 19 human shit-covered children. (laughs) And... uh, so the Bigfoots are covered in hair and, you know, they smell bad of shit and piss and they're shit and piss all over the place. So I guess I got them dingy berries all over their butts. Yeah. I guess he eats shit. Is. It doesn't matter what Correct. dingleberries on him. He fucking eats human <laughs> shit and animal shit. He's going to smell like it regardless. You're ingesting it. <laughs> but look, it's night. It's 1855. And these people were pretty spot on with this description of old Bigfoot. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. But so, so this let's lead some credence to this. If all the, if all this child genocide happened with all these murders of these children, how come this is nineteen? Yeah, never happened before. Like after that, like we don't hear any of we don't hear any of this anymore. Of like him, you think like he learned his lesson? Oh yes, he did learn his lesson, and I'll tell you why when I get to the end of the story. Oh, there you go. Okay, proceed. Because he yeah. ate his first salmon, and he's like, fuck. Eating shit covered children. I'm eating fish. Yeah. Less risk. <laughs> Less, yeah. Sometimes you shouldn't risk it to get the biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. The blue knot. But anyways, they charge in on their on their horses, and then the horses see all this, you know, massacre of the children and the shit and the piss, and they freak out. And uh, most of the riders are thrown to the shitty piss mud ground. And so the humans attack the Bigfoot. Uh Captain LaFour. Uh, who was in charge of this endeavor, empties his revolver at one of the Bigfoots, right? But it's useless because he's a fucking monstrous Bigfoot. He's like nine feet tall, and your fucking like 1855 Colt revolver is not going to do shit for this giant monster. So Okay, hold on. Uh, Real quick. Sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting your story. But all the stuff that Sean talked about 
was like the creepy like alien looking Bigfoot. And then mm-hmm. the traditional, you know, Bigfoot uh female yeah. Bigfoot with the tits, like running through the forest. Yeah. Like that's your Harry and the Henderson. This is the fucking artist rendition that made him look evil in the movie, like the shit you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, this is where I'm gonna make it dark because you know, after he you know opens fire with his Colt pistol, the Bigfoot's pissed, right? So he rips mm-hmm. off LaFour's mount's head with one single blow. So imagine like this horse is like whining and Bit- Bigfoot takes his big meaty hands and just fucking smacks at the head and rips it right the fuck off. And now there's like a headless horse. And then, you know, the four is on the ground and the Bigfoot steps up to him, rips his fucking head off and like gives a feral scream like blah. So the Indians who were with him are like, holy shit. But then they, rem- <laughs> then they remembered like, hold up. We were smart and we brought 50 caliber Buffalo rifle. And because, you know, Indians are good at hunting buffaloes, they that they got from the white man aimed at the and the white man brought a <laughs> pistol. <laughs> you fucking and, idiot. Uh, so they opened up fire with these elephant rifles and basically dropped two of the Bigfoot. Oh, so there's multiple. So, oh, yeah. They they rode up on like three, right? Mm-hmm. So after that, one of the Choctaw Indians who was really close with Lafour, he's upset because his little his little white buddy is basically, you know, headless now. And uh, you killed my pale friend. Yeah, you killed my pale friend. And so anyways, he he basically tracks the 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 wounded Bigfoot with the gunshots and uh, takes a hunting knife and basically stabs him to death. Mm. And so then as Bigfoot's like bleeding out in the ground, he chops off his head for good measure because Bigfoot's not getting the fuck back up from that. Mm -hmm. And so then the Indians bury what's left of the kids. They give their leader a 21-gun salute, and they burn the Bigfoots and ride off into the sunset like a good old Western. So, Steve, when you were like, uh, why hasn't anybody reported this before? Because Bigfoot learned his fucking lesson. He got decapitated from eating 19 children. But, okay, so <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand. Like, There's like, yep, we just killed these three beasts. No problem. Never seen anything like yeah. it before, but... Well, I mean, in Native American lore and history, it's riddled with the wild man or whatever they called it, yeah. you know, just like any region you go to, whether you're going to Florida for the two egg stump jumper or the Himalayas for a Yeti, like everybody's got the tale of the fucking hairy wild man. And Native American children were always warned that, you know, oh, you better not. Basically, he was the boogeyman. Like, like he dude, was the original yeah. boogeyman. I would think if I was back then, like I would just be like just a savage, just fucked up. I would have cut his head off and put it on my horse, like walked around with it. As a and then you would have been mistaken for a Bigfoot and had your head ripped off. It would have been this <laughs> yeah. gross decapitation domino. No, effect. just like, you know, like when you take your trophy and you put it on your saddlebag of your horse and just ride around with it. Like, look at this shit. Look at this yeah, shit. Yeah, but your horse doesn't have a head because fucking Bigfoot uppercutted it. Or just, put, or, or just put the fucking Bigfoot head on the horse's head like a hat. Ride around with it. <laughs> God. <laughs> That's a whole other creep. Dude, I'm telling you, yeah. I'm so glad. Did you see the, the Bigfoot horse? strength of this guy. To be able to just to rip the horse's head off with your bare hand. Like, it's not he didn't use two hands. He just punched it and the head just bloop off. Is it yep. safe to say that LaFleur all he heard in his last minutes were Woof <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. All LaFleur heard was Fatality. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. Fuck yeah. All right, man. So we're going to travel forward in time just a little bit um, to 1924. 
And this was one of the most widely known publicized cases of Bigfoot attacks, but I'd never heard of it before I researched it. I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. Maybe back in the day was a popular one. Anyways, uh, we have five prospectors by the name of Marion Smith, his son Roy, Fred Beck, Gabe Lefevre, and John Peterson. And they were out in the wilds of Mount St. Helen in Skakamina County. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to go with it. I don't know if that's right. but yeah, it works for me. I butcher S- everything I pronounce anyway. Yeah. Anyways, they're digging for gold in the area of Lewis River, roughly eight miles from Spirit Lake. And, you know, they're out in the remote and they're walking around. And all of a sudden, they come across these Bigfoot tracks. And they had wrote that they were 14 inches in length and with unusually stubby toes, kind of like giant carny folk tracks. <laughs> And it wasn't long after this that the men began to see strange creatures through the trees. One of them was a hulking seven-foot-tall gorilla-like figure that was seen on at least four occasions. Now, they described it as being covered in long black hair and sporting two four-inch long ears that stuck straight up. So, fucking like a Bigfoot elf. and So, maybe that does prove our point that Bigfoot will fuck anything because... Why else would Bigfoot have pointy ears? Ah, unless it was a dog man, but they said it was a gorilla. So, <laughs> anyways, have you at this point? Uh, have you guys seen the? Uh, are you going to talk more about about what this thing looks like? Because I have uh, a while back in the chat, I saved or I sent you guys the picture of um, this Bigfoot magnet that Aaron got from Mount St. Helens. Uh-huh. Did you guys ever see yeah. that? It was like a dopey looking, like this thing does not look intimidating at all. He's wearing, mm-hmm. he's wearing fucking flat top Cortez shoes with red socks. He's got a backpack on a walking stick and he literally looks like, like a mixture between a sloth, a Bigfoot and ET. It's terrible. So I actually <laughs> oh. get to contribute that picture to boom, the Instagram post. So yeah, boom, headshot, like a German hitchhiking Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Marin Smith uh, at this point fires his gun to, you know, spook off the monkey man. And I can just imagine that, you know, the group of prospectors that one of them was like, yeah, whoo, you get that son of a bitch, Marin, you scared that thing off. And uh, so they continue. And on the morning of July 10th, uh, the other prospector Beck, uh, said that he sighted the creature standing some distance away near the edge of the canyon. So he decides to take a shot at it, puts his rifle up. Gets his two turntables and a microphone. Two turntables and a microphone. And then, bam, he drops Bigfoot from a cliff 400 feet. So fucking just snipe old Bigfoot. Damn. Yeah. And if there's one thing that you can learn from this story, don't fucking snipe Bigfoot because... The men were relaxing at their camp. You know, they had the fire lit. They were, you know, drinking their their beers or their whiskeys or whatever they had with them. And, you know, they were telling stories. And then all of a sudden, like, mass hysteria broke out. Fucking giant boulders were flying at their heads. And uh, there was all this ruckus and noise. So they, you know, basically shit their pants and then grab their guns and run into the little hobo shack. Uh And as the rocks are pelting their hobo shack like chunks of the shack are falling away. And then I imagine this scene of, 
you know, from Predator where they're just firing in all directions, hoping to hit something, but they never do. And one of the Bigfoots landed a hit with a rock and knocked Beck the fuck out. And uh, so this this basically went on until the morning hours where the men were able to escape from what they dubbed as the mountain devil. And as soon as this story was out, the area uh, became known as Ape Canyon. And the natives of the area suggested that the men had come across a tribe of eight-foot-tall hairy dudes with supernatural powers who they called the Sheatik. According to the tribe sources, members of this lost tribe were typically shy and hardly seen, but would extract great vengeance on anyone who killed one of their own. So had they not a sniped old Bigfoot, uh, none of that shit would have happened. <laughs> yeah. It's a vengeance demon. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that shit's pumpkin head. <laughs> now we're going to tra- travel in time a little bit forward. In 1965, news outlets around the United States reported of a very strange story from Moreau County, Michigan. A massive hairy creature had reportedly attacked 17-year-old Christina Van Arker as she and her mother, Ruth Owens, sat in their car. Uh, So he's trying to up his age game. Right. Yeah. (laughs) The Van Arker Bigfoot encountered... Uh, occurred on the evening of August 13th when uh, Van Arker was driving herself and her mother's toward their home. So it's late at night, you know, they're driving down the road and apparently at first they didn't see anything, but then they felt like this bump and they were like, oh shit, did we run over like a deer, a dog, a bum on the side of the road? Like we need to get out and investigate this. <laughs> so Van Arker, you know, stops, gets out of the car and immediately... She was grabbed by what Ruth Owen stated as a huge, hairy hand. And the Bigfoot creature that was about seven feet tall, weighed 400 pounds, and smelled moldy and growled like a mag dog, grabbed her by the hair and fucking just started slamming her face into the car door. What? Van Arker passed out. And Ruth Owens, seeing this, was like, yeah, I'm her mom, but I can't fucking take on this 800-pound beast. I can't fucking do anything. <laughs> so she just packed up and said, you're on your own, bitch. And oh, then no. Yep. Oh. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. So there you have it. There's the violent side of Bigfoot. Jeez, fuck, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what to say. Not so cute and cuddly now, is he? <laughs> right. Not as much anymore. Shit. Well, uh, I've got a couple more. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna get off track of this this violent Bigfoot because I like this side of him. I like my Bigfoots to be bad boys. Yeah, yeah. What um, you gonna do? <laughs> um do you remember back when we recorded a couple episodes about the presidents and like you know, like the paranormal side of the presidents and all that or whatever it was? So I came across the story I was trying to find back when we were doing those uh, those two episodes, and it was a story about Teddy Roosevelt and Bigfoot, and I couldn't find it an actual like uh, reliable story back when we recorded those episodes because there's really three different stories you get for Bigfoot and Teddy Roosevelt. One of them is one of them. They're both in a scat, <laughs> right? One of them is that Roosevelt kills a Bigfoot during one of his hunting expeditions. Another says he had a face-to-face with it, and then others say that he was almost killed by a Bigfoot. And 
None of that is really true. Um, we all know that, you know, Theodore was a huge, huge presence, you know, larger than life. And, you know, he was real sick when he was little. He was supposed to stay in bed the whole time. He had really bad asthma. He was always ill. And the doctor's like, oh, I just stay in bed and you'll grow to be big and strong. And he's like, fuck that. I'm going to go outside and eat dirt and collect beetles. And so, like, you know, he was an average kid. He uh, exercised a lot. He uh, did boxing, rowing, all this shit. And he became a really rugged outdoorsman. And so, unfortunately, the story with Bigfoot and Theo Rozo is not about him directly. But it's about a guy that he knew, one of his fellow hunters, like a really good buddy of his, named Bowman. And Bowman was a hunter, a trapper, and a frontiersman. Um, he loved the outdoor life, fishing, everything else. Um, well, once upon a time, Teddy Roosevelt's friend Bowman decides to go out on a hunting and trapping expedition with another friend of his. So Teddy's not involved in the story. He only tells it secondhand. After finding an area where they decided they'd have some luck, they set up camp and go off exploring for a while. When they return back hours later, they find their campsites completely trashed. And they assume the culprit is just a bear. But they can't find any actual bear tracks. The bear, so to speak, had really broad, wide feet, um, clawless toes, and only left a trail of back footprints. So he's like, you know, I know bears travel and they can walk on all fours. They can walk on their hind legs a bit. But they're like, this bear never touched down the ground at all with his front two feet. So they decide, okay, what the fuck? And they set everything back up. And they go to bed. In the middle of the night, they're awakened by these really weird noises, kind of like guttural grunts and kind of low growling. Nothing's mad that they can tell, but something's just kind of like irritated. And so they look off in the trees and they can only see a little bit of a silhouette of something large and broad-shouldered lurking out in the trees, barely illuminated by the moonlight. So they do what any good old boy does. They pull out their guns and fire blindly at it while they yell at it. And this thing kind of gets spooked and runs off. The next day, they go back out. They check their traps. They get a couple rabbits. They get a couple fish. They come back and ready to you know, cook up all this food. And their camp is just smashed up to smithereens. And they pick everything back up. They notice there's Jesse's really big footprints. They eat and they go to bed. It's the Blair Witch. <laughs> right. And then again, that night, the creature comes up and starts menacing them again. And it won't come by the fire, but it gets a lot closer to their actual tent. It's making a lot of noise, you know, cracking branches and chucking rocks at them and shit like that. And finally, the men decide enough is enough. They cut the trip short. And what if the first night? <laughs> like, no, right. I'm not going to fucking sit here and deal with this, this bullshit. We heard about Terry LaFleur getting his fucking horse's head punched off. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide enough is enough, and the men cut the trip short. And Bowman's like, okay, you stay here. You pack up the camp. I'm going to go ahead and go get the last of the traps and see if we caught anything else. So Bowman goes off on his own. And when he gets back with a couple other animals he captured, he finds a horrible scene. His partner has been killed and apparently flung around the campsite by something powerful. The neck had been broken and also bitten into, but apparently the animal didn't attack the body, which was pretty much all intact. 
Bowman dropped the traps, the supplies, and everything else he could. He grabbed a couple little bits that he could carry and fucking just took off as fast as he could. That is all that tells, dude's fault. He was so yeah. greedy and <laughs> wanted right. them fucking other traps in the middle of stupid trophies. Fucking asshole. Right, Piece right. Of shit. Like, it doesn't, so, make, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, all this crazy shit's happening. Hey, here's a good idea. Let's split up. I'm going to go do this. You do this. Comes back. Mm-hmm. Dude's fucking dead. Fuck that. You stay here and fold our trousers and take the tent down, and I'm going to go collect the animals and not fuck with that noise. So apparently you can can read the full recounting that Teddy Roosevelt tells about the Bigfoot in a book he wrote in 1923 called The Wilderness Hunter. And I guess in the book, of course, he doesn't call it a Bigfoot per se because that – you can read different sources. I found that prominently Bigfoot was called Bigfoot – right around the 30s and 40s and 50s primarily. Um, apparently, if you look at different you know, Native American tales, they sometimes gave him the nickname of Bigfoot or some early settlers would call him Bigfoot. But what, what so Roosevelt referred huh? – Do you think with like Roosevelt because he was like real big into uh, consolidating national parks and national monument mm-hmm. service, do you think mm-hmm. that had to do with that? It's like if this, if this thing's out there, <laughs> I've got to make sure it's preserved. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. And you never know because, of course, once he got a little more popular and, you know, climbing the ranks, you tend to kind of quit talking about a lot of that shit. Because yeah, you don't want to look like a nutbag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, he even, to, to make it sound worse, he didn't call this thing Bigfoot whenever he would refer to it. He calls it a goblin. <laughs> what? Which I know, which sounds, I mean, crazier to me. Of course, anyway, <laughs> I would know the difference supposedly between the two, but. Yeah, and you know, not to mention like a dude, like. Someone's talking to me about, yeah, like, so I saw this thing out in the cre- out in the, the wilderness, and if he said it was a Bigfoot, I'm like, well, really? That's cool. And then he said, no, it was a goblin. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's, right. Go, let's go over here. This guy's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, you got to be spooked because back then you had tales from Native Americans, you know, depending on the tribes, but you've got, you know, the Wendigo and all sorts of other shit, and, you know, we're just still kind of settling on early settled lands mm-hmm. back then and still learning the the – learning the wilderness. So God knows what you would encounter out there, but yeah, very interesting. I thought about getting that book. I, I mean, hopefully it's a story full, of, a book full of stories of survival and stuff like that, but I don't know. It's hard to tell, but it was a beast. Well, <laughs> no shit. The last thing I have is a tale that was sent to me by none other than our very own Rob. And Rob couldn't really contribute to the episode other than this. He's a very busy man, has lots going on. But he hit me up with this story called the Spotsville Monster, and the story actually happens in his town, in his home of Henderson, Kentucky. Have either of you ever heard of the Spotsville Monster? Uh-uh. Nope. Just another, just another name for Bigfoot. <laughs> so the story pretty much surrounds a family called the Nunleys, and they recently move into an isolated farmhouse just off the banks of the Green River in Henderson. And as they're moving in, they get, you know, a friendly warning from the family who lived there before them saying something was kind of stalking them around their house and something started to terrorize them. And that's why they're moving out. And they gave me, you know, a fair, if we were you, we definitely wouldn't move in here, find somewhere else to live. Well, Red, the dad's name is, said, I'm not really scared of what the hell is stalking you out here. I could take care of myself. And the guy who rented the house first said, well, I'm just going to let you know, 
the reason why we're leaving, this whole thing escalated when one night I had to fire three or four shots out my back screen door at some large hairy feller who was standing just outside looking in. Well, Red isn't too worried about it because he's got his trusty 12-gauge shotgun, and any problems that might arise can be, you know, sorted out with this shotgun and a little bit of manly know-how. And they had already had a run-in with something the kids would call the Brown Man a few years prior across the river in a town called Reed. Terrible name. Right. This thing approached the family one night, they shot at it, and eventually it left him alone once it started getting, you know, buckshot fired at it. So the Nunley's new house is on Mount Ridge Road. It seems very perfect. Everything's great. There's tons of fruit, tons of berry trees everywhere. And Red decides, I'm going to go ahead and plant a tobacco farm come spring. And his wife's like, oh, there's so much room out here. I can plant a vegetable garden. Everything's going to be A-OK. So for activities. Right. And because there were no other activities where they lived, they had six kids. <laughs> and the kids all think, well, this <laughs> nice is gee golly great because we can go out here and just run around and, you know, kick chickens and eat berries and whatever else we want to do. Kick chickens. <laughs> <laughs> just abuse well, them chickens. Yeah. Everybody – oh, trust me. The chickens aren't going to be the winners of this story. Um mm. The kids and everybody get settled in, and they start noticing the chickens are beginning to disappear. <gasps> kids are all questioned. The kids aren't fucking with the chickens. You know, they might kick them. They ain't killing them. But they just notice our chickens are slowly disappearing, and something else strange is happening to animals as well. The two oldest boys, 9 and 10 years old, are out one day just kind of, you know, shit kicking, and they find the carcass of some dead dogs in the fields out where they were hunting for arrowheads. But what's weird is the bodies weren't like torn apart like they had been attacked by a mountain lion or a bear. The bodies of these dogs were found. They had been sliced open from their necks all the way down to the genitals. The entrails had been pulled out and just kind of strewn about the bodies. Um, The eyeballs were missing, as were the tongues. But what was strange is they noticed for days no animals would eat the entrails. No bugs were planting eggs in the actual entrails. And this entire time, there were no footprints or blood splatter anywhere near the dogs. Almost like, yeah, almost like whatever killed these dogs did it somewhere else and drug the bodies back to where they found them. So all in all, I'll paraphrase here. They lost a total of over 200 chickens, one goat, a horse whose head may or may not have been punched off. And they found the remains of the goat that disappeared, a pig, and eight dogs total. So something Damn. is terrifying. <laughs> something is terrorizing them. So this Bigfoot just, just does not is like not into pigs. He's like, yeah, yeah one not at all. them chickens though. Two hundred of them bitches. <laughs> Chicken chaser. <laughs> just don't let your kids shit on themselves. Or I'm gonna get them next. He tried to get chickens to shit themselves, and he couldn't get a single one to do it. So at night, they started hearing these strange noises outside, real thick, you know, and like whoops and hollers and everything else. And the area around the house is kind of swampy, lots of ponds, thick tree growth, that kind of stuff. Sometimes they could hear these growls and these whoops real close by. Sometimes they were, you know, really far away. But one night in particular, they keep hearing this growl and this whoop and this everything else near the house. And it's so loud and so absurd that their two prized and treasured guard dogs took off running and hid underneath the house. 
whatever this thing was scared them so bad they ran into the house so quick that they were hitting their head on the floorboards underneath the actual floor. So this causes Red to get real pissed off. As a precaution, he and his older son Harold began remodeling the house soon after, and Red invited him and his family to move in, uh, move their trailer, and set it beside the house. That way, you know, he's starting to get like glaucoma or some shit, and he can't see very well. And he's worried that his other family, his oldest son, they're living out in this trailer out in the woods. Everybody should be together. That way they could be a tighter knit family and kind of take care of one another. So he could also use some help, you know, raising the tobacco fields. They move yeah. the trailer and soon after they place it close to the house. And the wacky tobacco um, with that glaucoma he's got. <laughs> right. They move the trailer closer to the house and, you know, they kind of set up shop. One day they're outside doing some work in the yard and kind of, you know, hammering some nails and shit. And this man walks up from the tree line and approaches the house. He looks older, worn out, worried, and broken down. And in one hand, he's got a shotgun. And he gets closer to the house and he raises his other hand up in the air, finally friendly, and says, you know, the whole, hey, how you doing? And a friendly gesture. And the adults finally come out. The dogs run up there and they all, you know, greet him. And he says he's a neighbor who lives about half a mile down the way. And he had just been out squirrel hunting. While he was out shooting at squirrels, the gunfire scared something large up out of the brush. And whatever it was jumped up on its hind legs and ran like a man in the uh, Nunnally family's general direction. So being a good Christian, you know, God-fearing man, he thought it was his duty to come over and warn the family that something big is on their way. Well, they hit it off real well. And Red, boy, he liked this guy, and he said, you know what? You should come by and have coffee with me whenever you have the chance. They become really good friends, and of course, you know, just buds. Well, one night, Red invites this guy and his three children over for a late supper. They've been working late in the fields all day, and you know, she leans her head out the front door, and she says, I know, dinner time, ding, 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 ding. And she looks over and sees this large, hairy shadow, eight foot tall, standing off in the darkness by a nearby shed. She fucking screams bloody murder. Red grabs a shotgun. The wife is, you know, crying, shaking, calls the police. They come out and can't find shit. All they do is basically say, yeah, don't ever call us again because you guys are fucking nut jobs. So one night later on, Rose sees it again as dusk is falling, and she sees it running from a field by the garden area, and it jumps a fence at the old fence row. Um, later on, this creature chased Red and one of the dogs out of the tobacco field he was tending alone one day. The 10-year-old Dean, he's out there one day trying to take some garden hose away from a couple of the younger girls who are playing with him because that's what you play with on a farm is a fucking garden hoe, apparently. Mm, chasing and, chickens. <laughs> yeah, all the chickens are gone, so I mean, what do you got? Just hose. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's just 10-year-old Dean and his hose. <laughs> Dirty hoe. <laughs> So he's out there trying to, you know, take all the rusty, you know, farm tools with from the kids. And then uh, he looks over and sees that classic fucking something crashing through the forest because all the thick brush is going and like separating as this thing's running through the forest. He gets fucking scared as shit. And then this thing busts through the tree line standing in a gully. And he describes it as being huge, tall, square jawed, small, close set eyes covered in reddish gray hair thin and patchy in spots like it might have been kind of old. Um, and then it goes on to say, blah, blah, blah. Some of the kids saw it. Uh, it towered above the full-grown cornfield. And while it was standing out there, it started swaying side to side. 
So, of course, like anything else, you know, you have the newspapers come out, you have the TV channels come out, everybody's interviewing them, and shit gets really out of proportion, and they start saying there's some giant green hairy monster living in the forest, and everybody's getting pissed off, and all the kids are starting to get a bunch of, you know, hard time at school. Um, One of the boys who's a fireman gets made fun of at work, and they're just suffering this really intense public ridicule. So everything kind of comes to a head when Mr. Nunley is out working in a field and it starts to rain. So he starts making his way down a tree line. The storm hits really hard and he's trying to find shelter from this big storm. So he finds an old abandoned long barn and he makes his way over to that. And he thinks of nothing else. I can probably just sit down here against the wall, get out of the rain for a little while and just, you know, outlast this storm. So he runs in the open end of the barn. And of course, just like a horror movie, he looks inside only for a moment before he sees, he gets this feeling of, you know, I'm not by myself. He slowly turns around and sees a huge, hairy midsection. This thing stood over six feet tall, but he had to look, oh, sorry. Red stood about six feet tall, and when he ran into this thing, he had to look up to see its face. The creature's face is horrible. It was deeply terrifying with a short muzzle, long pointed fangs set in both its upper and lower jaw, black skin and strange red eyes that chilled and frightened him to his very soul. He reaches for his rifle strapped on his shoulder and suddenly he's found frozen, unable to move because this thing's terrible eyes are just staring deep into him. The man thought that he was surely done for, but at this point, despite the beast's appearance, it spoke to him but not with using its mouth. Instead, some kind of mental telepathy. (laughs) His asshole. (laughs) It says, don't be afraid. I will not harm you. Then it turned around and it ran out the open end of the barn that was facing the open plowed field. Threw up a gang sign and just started running. (laughs) What side? (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Uh, It was only for a few moments that he stared and watched the creature before he could start moving himself. And he just said what's really weird is like he was frozen. He couldn't move. Either this thing had some kind of power over him mentally or he just was scared shitless and couldn't do a damn thing. So Red realizes it's no ordinary monster and he asks his neighbor if he thought it might come back and steal one of the children one night. The man replied that's not likely. He's never seen it actually attack a human before. It's more just kind of, you know, quizzical about humans. But if... If it ever decided to come take one of the children, there would be nothing the family could do, and they would all be done for. So they decide, okay, we're going to stick it out for a little while longer. But what Red chose as a precaution to keep the family safe was a five-gallon bucket of kerosene and a mop near the kitchen door. Because he thought in case this thing happened to come in one day like it did the former renters, he could kick the bucket of kerosene over, make a torch out of the mop, and either A, chase the thing out, or B, burn up the entire family, beast and all, inside the house. Because if, yeah, fucking dark real quick. Because he says, I would rather lose the entire family together than suffer the loss of only one of us or two of us to this creature. He said it would be far easier for the family to just die together than mourn the loss and the kidnapping of one of their own. So they pack up that you're on your own, (laughs) right? So they pack up their shit and they move into the safety of the city. So what's interesting here is apparently Bart Nunley is the guy whose website I got this information from. 
So one of the kids that this happened to, one of Red's children, his name is Bart. And he actually goes on to research this and talk about it. And Rob actually hit this guy up years ago when we first started the podcast, uh, but he never replied back. So apparently it's a story that Rob's known for a while. But something else that is um, mentioned here as well is later on, you know, years later, Bart Nunley, Red's son, after they moved out, he goes back in like 2005 and he interviews the neighbor and kind of catches up with them. And the neighbor's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I stand by everything I said, all the shit that I ever said and everything I ever saw is real. But I just quit talking about it because I got sick of the ridicule I got from all the people in town. But he said he never really talked about the strangest thing that he ever saw. And Red mentions that, you know, years later, um, he was out just taking a walk like he normally did. You know, probably halfway looking for weird shit, halfway just taking a walk. And he noticed out in the field this weird kind of wavy patch of air, almost like you see on a hot summer day coming off the hood of a car. But it wasn't really hot outside. But this wavy fucking light coming off the ground suddenly opened up and a creature walked out of it. Again, almost like those spheres I told you guys about, where it's almost like a portal or a hatch opened up and something walked out. And he said he watched it for a little while. The thing turned around and looked at him, almost got real pissed off. And then tele- telepathically told him, stop looking at me! And then turn around and walk back inside of this weird little portal. But he goes on to say he saw other kind of creatures walk in and out of this portal all the time. Like it wasn't unusual to be walking by and to see these things stepping through it like a gate. But he said he quit talking about it also due to the fact that one day men showed up in military uniforms and black suits and told him, you didn't see anything, nothing happened, and if you ever want to live to tell the tale, on the right side of the metal bars of a prison, you'll learn real quick not to tell the story to anybody else. Otherwise, you'll be watching your children grow from the other side of a jail cell. So whatever the fuck happened to them was a pretty serious deal. It's crazy shit. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Fucking hell, right? Well, um, let me finish one more story. I think I might have the ultimate Bigfoot Gone Wild savage story to finish this on. And it's also going to be a follow-up to a story we talked about on a former episode. Um, you guys remember the Dyatlov Pass incident? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hikers go out to finish earning their certification, uh, certifications, <laughs> certifications for this, you know, mountain hiking a uh, certificate they have to get. And of course, all nine of them or eight or nine of them are all killed, uh, unfortunately, by some weird, potentially supernatural force. Well, if you want to go back and listen to it, you can either A, Google it, or B, go back and listen to episode 46. But to give you the quick little catch up here, these eight or nine hikers go out and they're gone for several days and then they're all discovered dead. And the scene is really strange because the tent they were all staying in was cut from the inside. Everybody was found dead around the area, you know, several hundreds of feet away. Uh, Some of them were found half-dressed, some of them fully dressed, some of them in various states of undress. But two of them were found near a tree. Uh, Their hands were burned, and they think that might be because they were trying to start a fire. And branches were broken out of one of the trees 16 feet up in the air which is really bizarre. Um, 
Um, two of them were found. I think the other four were discovered, you know, months later after the snow had cleared. But something strange about some of the bodies that were discovered is Ludmilla Dubanina and Zolotrev, two of our hikers, were discovered to have fractured ribs. And then Nikolai had major skull fractures. And one of the investigators who had been kind of, you know, doing the report and working on the case compared the force required to do such the damage to their bodies would be like a human in a severely bad car crash because their insides were smashed pretty well, but there was no trauma to the outside of their bodies. So he thought whatever hit them had to have hit them hard and fast and then left the scene. They couldn't find any weapons. There were no boulders anywhere, which lays credence partly to the idea that it might have been an avalanche or some rocks that rolled down and then continued to roll the paths, which would have been covered up by snow. But once again, no soft tissue damage was done to any of them, save for one. They were just, you know, crushed really violently. When Dubanina was found, she was the one that had the weirdest injuries of all. Her tongue and her eyes had been torn out of her head. And not a lot of people knew what the hell could have done this. And so the question arises, who would attack somebody, smash their rib cage, and then rip out their eyeballs and their tongues? Why would they do it? Um, did another skier from the group cut it out, her tongue? Um, did something attack them? Or could it have been the rumored abominable snowman, which some people said actually skulked that area? So something that is bizarre and will never fully be explained is in one of their journals, they found a quote that goes something to the effect of, as for the snowmen, we know they exist. And then when they developed some film from one of the cameras they found, I've included the picture guys in here in the notes and we'll put it on uh, the Instagram page. There is a snowy forest area with a really weird, bulky, dark figure coming from behind one of the trees. So that is a bit that sometimes is kept out of a lot of stories. The fact that they've got a journal, because oftentimes hikers and campers and outdoors people would do that. They'd make a journal of what all happened. A weird-ass quote that says, as for the snowmen, we know they exist. And this weird, blurry photo of what appears to be a Bigfoot leading out from one of the trees. So at least one other student's diary or journal is found. And it's mentioned that a big fight had erupted between one of the hikers and one of the mountain village people called the Manzi. And in a lot of these places, when you have, you know, mountain areas, Tibet, stuff like that, Russia, you do have these villages or these what you would call natives. And they're not savages. It's just the people like, you know, Eskimos or whatever that inhabit an area as just your native population. In this area where the Dyatlov Pass incident happened, these folks were called the Manzi. And there was a little bit of an altercation, and the Manzi people actually got interrogated later because there was rumor that there was a fight that went down. So people start thinking, oh, okay, what happened was they probably pissed off these Manzi people at a convenience store or in the village, and then these Manzis uh, just attacked and killed all these skiers, these hikers. So the Manzi get investigated, and they get interrogated, and they do own up to, yes, one or two of our own did get into a yelling match as one of the hikers, but nobody touched them. There was no fisticuffs, no swings, no blows, just an altercation, and then it all kind of fizzled out. 
But it turns out the Manzi may have been trying to warn the students, the hikers, to stay away from the mountain of the dead, as they called it. Because not just for obvious safety reasons, but also because some fearsome creature that inhabits the snowy mountains called the Mink was also potentially stalking our hikers. Now again, to further support the innocence, a doctor had firmly stated the injuries perpetuated on some of the students could have only been caused by a human uh, could not have been caused by a human being because of the force involved in executing the blows. Remember that famous quote about the uh, you know the the wounds were akin to the pressure of trauma from a high speed car wreck. Well, in the area, the Manzi have told tales for decades about a forest giant they call the Mink, which sounds very much like our Bigfoot. They describe it as a big, strong, and hairy creature that likes to hunt deer, and it likes to rip out their tongues, their eyes, and their oral soft tissue to be eaten. The Manzies say that the mink makes a horrible whistling noise while they prowl through the forest, and also that they really don't like it when humans try to whistle back or whistle in the forest, so nobody whistles while they're in the forest either. So these snowmen are fond of soft tissue, and especially the tongue and eyes and cheek meat of deers. Ludmilla's corpse was found to have a tongue missing and torn out and eyeballs gone as well. And something else rumored to be in the actual investigation is footprints in the snow 16 inches long. Which is really, really strange. And then the last little bit here that I'm going to include is something that really fucking sent chills down my back. There's a lot of blood that was found in Ludmilla's stomach, which means most likely when her tongue was ripped out, she was still alive when it was pulled out of her mouth. That'd be terrible. Yeah, isn't that fucked? So there's a chance that the Atlov hikers may have actually been murdered by some Yeti-like creature called the Mink. Yeah. Now, what's interesting here, and I like to play devil's advocate, in that journal, supposedly, lots of sources say, yes, there was some kind of quip or quote about, yes, the snowmen are real. The Manzi folk have also been referred to as snowmen because they are, you know, people who live up in the high in the mountains, kind of like your Eskimos. So you can easily say that that little quip in the journal is about the Manzi. Because, yes, we they discovered the Manzies or, you know, came across the Manzies, so to speak. So it's a little joke amongst hikers. But we're never going to know just what the fuck actually happened. Or a mystery. what Bigfoot is. So It's unusual know. and strange. So, Presto, you mentioned that you might want to go ahead and give our thoughts on who or what Bigfoot really is. Yeah. Cool. So I will save the best for last. Because I've got this special Newsweek edition of the Bigfoot issue. Check this shit out. I don't think you have a camera on, Presto, but mm-hmm, look at that shit. Mm-hmm. We'll include we'll that. We'll, inc- <laughs> we'll include that as well on the companion guide. But yeah, this thing was badass. It's from 2016. It's a whole issue of time dedicated to Bigfoot. Rubbish. But um, yeah, <laughs> take that, Steve, and your companion, <laughs> your companion oh. guide that you have. <laughs> so presto what do you think bigfoot is man so i think that uh and we might have brought this up 
on another episode when we talked about Bigfoot, but uh, you guys remember the movie with Antonio Banderas, The 13th Warrior? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was actually based off a true story. So they found in like Nova Scotia, they found old rune stones that had this story engraved on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had a history professor when I went to WSU that has said that that was actually academically thought to be the last known encounter of modern man with Neanderthal. And they talked about how like in that story, you know, these these men – that were kind of like hairy and brutish that lived in cave systems and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so in World War II or World War I, there was a German patrol in Russia that was trying to find uh, Russian soldiers, like, you know, just people that were hiding out in the woods or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they came across a cave and they started to hear this grunting and whooping noise and outruns this eight foot tall hairy individual that was like, you know, swinging a club and the German soldiers basically filled it full of lead and, uh, killed it. And when they went up there, the commander was like, uh, yeah, uh, nobody talk about this. Yeah. And, uh, so they just kind of wrote it off in the report. Like, uh, I see you shaking your head. In my crappy German accent. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to talk about the Bigfoot. Yeah. These are Swedish Germans. Yeah. So uh, you know what the what they saw coming out of the cave system um, was you know this kind of this hairy individual, and we can't really pinpoint like when we think Neanderthal died out um, because now we actually have a, a, a historical account that they were you know during the Viking time at least, and you know that was kind of the last documented encounter. And if you think about all the Native American descriptions, they always talk about them as being the wild men or the wild man, like a lost tribe. And uh, and they also talk about them as being cannibals. So like the Paiute Indians in Arizona said that the, the tall, you know, hairy red giants that lived in the caves, um, that they were cannibals. Mm-hmm. And you and I had discussed earlier in the week about how, you know, gorillas were thought to have been a myth up until like the late 1800s when they finally found them in the Congos. Mm-hmm. And it's reported that when a gorilla dies in the wild, that the, the gorillas that are in the pack will actually eat that dead gorilla. Mm-hmm. And so it was really hard to find gorilla bones. Well, if we know oh, yeah, that reports, yeah, yeah. yeah, if we know mm-hmm. that reports from Indians say that these, these lost tribe of men are cannibals, what's not to think that they don't do the same thing that when one of them dies, they just go ahead and cannibalize and eat it. Um, because they're very primitive and they don't have a form of burial like modern man does. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, it's I mean, funny th- to make a joke real quick. That's kind of half serious. They'll eat that's shit. always, yeah, All that's, bones. yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to kind of say. Everybody says the same thing. If you want evidence of a creature, it's going to shit somewhere. But if these things eat their own scat, I mean, that's why they don't yeah. find shit. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional pun, 10 points. Man, we ain't found <laughs> shit. Man, that's pretty crazy because they're like the ultimate recycle machine. Kind of, yeah. yeah. They're like their own human centipede. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Grody. Yeah. see some serious shit. Well, okay, so check this out. We don't get very biblical on the show, obviously. But when I was kind of perusing through this episode of time, I got to the kind of the end of the actual magazine. 
And there's a short one-page article here called Wild Theories. The mystery surrounding Bigfoot have yielded some unusual speculation about the creature's origin. This here says, okay, I'm just going to read it for you. Most Bigfoots hold the belief, shit, I'm going to start over. Most Bigfooters hold the belief Sasquatch, while frustratingly shy and wildly enough to remain hidden from the larger world, is more or less a natural creature. Bigfoot may be a magnificent beast, but at the end of the day, it's just another member of the animal kingdom. Others think differently, however. The more grandiose theories about Bigfoot's origin claim to be that it is a supernatural or religious being. Though the Mormon Church has yet to take an official stance on some members, some members think the beast is a biblical Cain, the son of Adam and Eve, who slays his own brother, Abel. In 1935, David W. Pattern, one of the first apostles of the Mormon church, claimed that he encountered a very tall, hair-covered figure with dark skin walking alongside the road. When Patton questioned the creature, it explained to the apostle about its fate to miserably wander the earth, unable to die, and its mission to destroy the souls of men. Patton deduced the figure's identity as Cain, and based on his description, others have concluded Cain and Bigfoot are one in the same. So and several. Hmm? So Cain was banished to Earth to just roam, or not banished to Earth. He's banished basically and just sent to basically live forever and just roam around. Yeah, kill, I mean that's I don't remember that. And take their soul like. I don't remember that part of the Bible. (laughs) That God God did this, like God punished him to that. Yeah, he was punished, yeah, whenever he killed his own brother, yeah. So why would he want him to kill more people? See, that was my question when I read this article as well. (laughs) It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yep. That is a very good question. Well, when several Bigfoot sightings occurred in South Weber, Utah in the 1980s, many Mormons pointed to Patton's story as an explanation. Some native people, however, of the American continent also hold that Sasquatch is more flesh and blood. Reporters on the Bigfoot newsletter site, The Truck, the Track Record, asked Native, American, native Americans belonging to the Ojibwa, Dakota, and Lakota tribes about their Bigfoot beliefs. And members from all three tribes confirmed Bigfoot as a spirit guide who delivers signs or messages signaling a need for change. Additionally, some native elders believe Bigfoot possesses psychic powers, allowing him to elude potential captors. And if you remember, oh, I don't know what, an hour and a half ago when I told that story about Chestnut Ridge, that kid did mention, that 22-year-old, that he got that warning sign about, you know, man needs to straighten up, quit being such dicks and all that kind of stuff. So that is kind of interesting. And then the Nunley account with uh, with Red, he said that, you know, he got the psychic message of, I'm not going to hurt you, and then... Later on, his neighbor heard the guy just say, Quit looking at me! So, anyway, other Bigfooters believe the animal must come from beyond the stars. During a 1997 interview with Bigfoot Encounters, researcher Peter Gutia relayed an account from a rural Seattle man who believed he saw not only Bigfoot, but also the UFO on which the creature arrived. According to Gutia, the man saw two UFO knots descend from their spacecraft with a Bigfoot-like creature obediently following them, behind into the woods the man recorded what he believed to be the whirling sounds of the ufo which his neighbor also claimed to have heard in the days preceding the sightings another variation of the bigfoot is an alien school of thought claims the creator 
has no need for a UFO to reach Earth. Oh, sorry. The creature has no need for a UFO to reach Earth. The reasons? Bigfoot is another other-dimensional creature and can teleport anytime it wants to. Also in 1997, an article in Utah's Desert News featured a man named Ron Mower who revealed he had seen other-dimensional Bigfoots nine times. Mower also divulged the existence of both good and evil Bigfoots and that an evil one once teleported itself into his home to stalk him. Fortunately, Mower noted the evil-dimensional hopping Bigfoots can be identified by their red eyes, so there's little chance in confusing the two. And red balls. <laughs> They're I'm big, tell, bushy red balls. Bigfoot, man, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling this story. Hang on a second. Does that Bigfoot have red balls? <laughs> nope, no thanks. I don't fuck with the red so, balls. So kind of a cool way to wrap up everything is we have good Bigfoots who just like to walk across streets and, you know, Bo Duke across the hoods of trucks. Then we have the Bigfoots that like to just fucking punch horses' heads off and pull out tongues. Hmm. And then we have every Bigfoot that loves to eat shit. That's true. Preston, give your mic muted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you dope. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed that. That's a yeah, lot man. of shit. That's going to be at least a two hour episode for no good reason. Word. Just kidding. It's a good reason because it is the anniversary of the Bigfoot. So we always kind of finish this up on stuff that people should watch. Um, do you guys have any of your own recommendations of Bigfoot related movies or things to check out? What you listed is all the ones, some of the ones I've seen. There you go. Yeah. If you guys want to check out the Finding Bigfoot season four, there's an episode called Bigfoot of Oz. And that is where my old friend Liz uh, reportedly saw a Bigfoot back in Leon, Kansas, not too far from uh, about an hour and a half outside of Wichita. But yeah, very interesting uh, story she has. Um, of course, the cult classic Harry and the Hendersons. Check that out. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Bobcat Goldthwaite had a Willow Creek movie he did. It's like a found footage Bigfoot movie. Check that out sometime. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. Um, the comedy? As, no, <laughs> you'd think it would be. No, it's a serious as shit horror movie. It's like Blair Witch with Bigfoot. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch for sure. And then I told you guys to check it out. I don't know if you did or not. Everybody, if you want a good, just lighthearted, feel-good movie, if you might need a break from all the blood and guts and gore of Halloween movies, check out an outstanding movie on Netflix called Pottersville. It stars Michael Shannon, so that's a reason enough to watch it. And he's playing like just kind of a, a goofy, happy-go-lucky guy in this one, which is really weird because normally he plays the straight man who's killing people or being a creep. And uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty stellar, uh, pretty stellar little movie. My wife and I watched it, and pretty blown away by it. It's pretty fun, kind of a Christmas movie, so you might want to wait and watch it around Christmas. You guys got anything you want to plug? I think it's a good time to wrap up. Then, want a beard? Need a beard? Grow a Bigfoot style shit beard? Check <laughs> out Big Dobbs Beard Bomb.com. John's gonna hit you with the promo code. Why would anybody want to grow a shit beard? maybe you want to be like bigfoot i I guess so um if you want to make that shit beard smell delicious so delicious a bigfoot would eat it that's just fucking terrible (laughs) that plane is going down and i couldn't pull it back up 
If you want to get 20% off your entire order at BigDobsBeardBomb.com, use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your entire purchase. If you haven't been there yet, after you ask yourself, why haven't I, you should go check it out for sure. Hell yeah. I got one. What's up? We're going to be doing a charity marathon gaming session at the end of this month. In literally how many days? 13 days, right? My math is right. Well, no. More than that because we're leaving on the 28th. But on Tuesday, October 30th to Wednesday, October 31st, from 12 p.m. to 12 p.m. We might go to one. We'll see. Um, Just to be rebels. Uh, We're going to be playing games for 24 hours straight. And it's all going towards Extra Life, which is a charity for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And Sean here did a new logo, which is super badass. Wham, wham, wham. Beep, beep, beep. And uh, we also got a new team name. Sean, what's that team name again? I already forgot. Pixelated <laughs> for a purpose. Yeah. So it's pretty badass. And oh. you can check that out. We'll be sharing a lot of links on our Facebook pages, Pixelated Paranormal page, Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. So – be on the lookout oh, yeah. for that. Please join us. If you can donate, awesome. If not, just come in there, say what's up. Yeah, just we'll come watch us. If nothing else, it'll be a good time just to watch us. Some of the games being played. Damn. We're playing some NES classic, some Super Nintendo classic. And I've got every single game available for them. So you name a game you want us to play, whether it's good, shitty, or in between, we'll play it. Damn. We also got some uh, Overwatch being played. Some new Red Dead Redemption 2, some new Call of Duty, Rock Band, Splatoon 2, Lego Dimensions, uh, GTA 5, and everything in between. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also Mario Party. And It'll be a good time. Over Corey and I are going to stick it out for the entire 24 hours. Yeah. They say that. <laughs> <laughs> Vote of confidence from Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ain't fuck. You guys can do it all you want. I, I, don't, I don't see. The point of everybody trying to pull the twenty-four hour, we people should do it in shifts, and and we yeah that, and we've got shit to do the next day too, kind of yeah. So you just I'm don't want to sleep all day long. And I'll be fine the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, oh, by the way, do not drink Bang Energy Drink. Ooh, why? Because like I last the last two shows we've done, I've gotten. Uh, one can of that. I never drink energy drinks. I drink quite a bit of, uh, I drink more water than I think a lot of people do. I fucking chug down water all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I drink quite a bit of, uh, diet, diet pop as well. And every once yeah. in a while I'll get an energy drink. And for some reason, the bank energy drink, there's no, there's no calories. There's no sugar. Yeah. It's, it's a like, pretty, it's a pretty tried and true beloved energy drink around health nuts. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. but every time I drink that, it gives me like extreme, like, Floaty chest slash chest pain. Like, I don't know. It's really fucking weird. Floaty chest sounds like it's akin to that fucking glowing head skeleton Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's hard to explain. Like, it feels like something's in your chest that's floating. and the, But then it also, like... Like fluttering? Yeah, like a little bit like fluttering. Like heartburn? No, mm. it's not heartburn. It's really weird. So I won't fuck with them no more. I'll stick to the The animals on Bambi might say you're Twitter painted. But... Yeah. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't wait. We'll be doing that um, at the end of this month. So we hope to see you guys there. Yeah, and we're gonna plaster, like Steve said, the social medias um, probably for the next couple of weeks with that off and on. So just share it for us. Um, 
you know, put up with that for about a week or two before the event. We're just going to really try to promote that and, uh, and a, another thing we can take it kind of, I think that if, cause most of the people that donate are friends and family from our Facebooks. Cause that's usually where we stream it from. Yeah. If you're listening and you're not like directly tied to us or anything like that, don't feel bad. And I feel bad because Preston's not going to be, you're not going to be there. But don't feel bad that like, oh, well, I if I donate to Sean's and I can't donate to Steven's, it'll be awkward. Like, don't worry about that. We have a team page and we have individual pages, but the individual pages all go into the team page. Yeah. And in the yeah. end, like it doesn't matter. None of us get none of this money. It all goes to our, to our team page. Then the right. team page sends it out to the hospitals that are coordinated with our pages. That's it. Yeah. So, and Presto, I think you said you're going to try to help us out from the home, right? You're going to try to jump on and play with us. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. If we're doing some Overwatch, or and uh, if I'm uh, if I'm off work for that, I'll jump on and hell yeah, that'll be awesome, man. You'll you'll be there. You'll be there uh, virally, resident virtually, digitally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. I can't wait. It's gonna be very exciting. And um, oh, I yeah. got some like some fuck yeah, this, the 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 announcements keep giving. What <laughs> right. else, Steve? Right. <laughs> uh, I won't go into too many spoilers because Sean here doesn't want to be spoiled with it. But um, I did get a chance. I also. Technically, no, I can say it because it'll be out before then once this episode releases. Um, the I played the Xbox um, Fallout 76, and I won't get into too much details about it because the right. format, what I said before. But um, that game is like very, very lore heavy. And mm-hmm. the way that they do the lore, um, because of the time period between going into the shelter or the fallout shelters and then coming out for reclamation day and being around the same time as, um, the Mothman incidents and like all that shit in West Virginia, like the way that they do them stories Mm -hmm. is spot fucking on. And you pick up tapes that have like news reports that sound like something you would hear over the radio or on a broadcast. You're going to fucking love it. That's cool. Like, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But to anybody out there, like naysaying the game, there's going to be a lot of hate on it because it's not your traditional fallout game. It's very mm-hmm. much more into the vein of, um, just like an, an open world fetch quest simulator with friends. So like, it's not like Sean, you like, you'll think like, this is fucking great because you've never played a fallout game before. Uh huh. So you won't, you won't see like the lack to attention of detail that like me and Preston would, who's played every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So, but in the end, like, that's not what they're going for. They're not going for the being able to interact with every little thing on the ground, by picking things up. You can still kind of do that by looting and then breaking materials down. But like, it's more based off of like doing this shit with your friends together and seeing other people in the world. And I think yeah. that's, that's what I want out of it. I don't, I've played a, a ton of hours of all the other ones. I've always said, I want a fallout with co-op and, to me, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. So I think if you're into that shit, hit us up on Xbox Live. I will definitely be getting it. I know Preston will begin it, so then Sean will get it. And then hopefully we can convince the other two idiots to get it too. It would be so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> we love our friends here. <laughs> yeah, we do. We really do. <laughs> Speaking of video games, uh, check out Mark's podcast, Pixelated Sausage. He does mm-hmm. a solo show about all sorts of great stuff that he is consuming digitally, visually, and everything else. So please give him a little love. Uh, he just did a backlog video. Yeah, he uh, did. For, he, for uh, not backlog. Yeah, like a kind of like a revisiting backlog uh, game video thing. Yeah, I can't remember what game he did, but I knew it was one that I was wanting to 
I was wanting to get into. Castlevania. He did the Castlevania one. It's pretty great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, check it out. Mark is our man behind the scenes. He does a lot for us. So we thank you so much, Mark. And uh, also, Preston, what is my favorite race car podcast ever? Sports Cars Unleashed. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah. Check out Rich's show. If you like sports cars as much as I do, or even more, you should check it out. So, all right, we've droned on enough. Thank you guys for joining us on this Saturday. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that, uh, you know, if you sit down and listen to it all in one whack, good for you. <laughs> that was a long Ooh, one. Doggy. Yeah, buddy, well over right. two hours. So, hell yeah. But thank you anyway, guys. Thank you so much for listening, for your new listeners, all you old listeners. And everybody on the Instagram, thank you for joining us there. And we will catch you all next week for our regularly scheduled program. And I think we're just going to do an easy listening Halloween show to some spooky tales. But these nuts. <laughs> all right, guys. Catch you next time. Later. Peace. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.